Mark Savant back in, who I spelled your name last time wrong on the icon. But uh, thank you for coming back. Really appreciate it. Tommy, stoked to be here. Round two, brother. So first question, you probably already know what it is. What happened with Bitcoin, Mark? What happened with Bitcoin? What happened with Bitcoin? Starting with the easy questions, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 we've had like a collapse of the total global economic world system. And I think, you know, the first thing that investors end up doing when times get tough, when things get scary, is they try to liquidate the volatile assets. So cryptocurrency, NFTs, those were the first to go. Those are the high risk things. So I think that's that was what we're seeing now. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm into all the NFT and the crypto community. People are freaking out, bro. People are losing their minds. But honestly, I'm I love it. You know, I'm I'm I I think it's great that Bitcoin is on sale right now. Now, do you think that the reason why it went down was because of the economy, the inflation, basically a depression? No, I think I mean I think everybody expected this to happen. Everyone was saying like the crypto winter is coming, the NFT winter is coming. This isn't sustainable. There were just trillions of dollars being passed around for these digital goods, and pe there's a lot of scams. And everyone knew that the digital winter was coming. And then we act like we're surprised when it's here, you know? But people kept buying it, 40000 And this is going to make them rich. And, and they're going to take out their, you know, trust fund that they got from their parents. Because, boy, if I put 40000 and that's going to be 80000 And then people got crushed. Do you yeah. think it's going to go back up? I, I definitely, 100% think it's going to go back up. Back up to like forty. I mean, <clears throat> I... I gosh, uh, this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> well, you're you're, you're, research, you're, but... you're like a crypto NFT podcast I'm, guy. Yeah, like I'm, professional. I'm in it. I'm, I'm in it. I mean, I could see. I would not be surprised if within five years, Bitcoin is at 100k or more. I think it's very easy to see that happen. I think there's probably a lot of crypto currencies out there that probably will be completely gone, like UST, Tether, the stablecoin, dead. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of that over the coming years, but I also think there's going to be a few huge winners. Um, and I, I, I'm personally going in more on, on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana. I think that's those are the safest of the the crypto asset class. Yeah, Ethereum was always like the safe one, right? Th what, wasn't there one with an L too? There, Lu Luna was another another one, but that one's dead. That one's dead. Yeah. Um, it must have been Ethereum. I think a lot of people that were like hesitant or, or wanting to be cautious, they were buying Ethereum, right? Yeah. Well, because Ethereum is a super interesting blockchain because it's not just digital currency. You can actually build other platforms on top of Ethereum. So that's what most of these NFTs in the market are. You know, the Adidas and the Gucci, all those NFTs, uh, the Bored Apes. Um, what else? Doodles, V Friends, all those are on the Ethereum blockchain. And you're seeing more and more uh, NFTs being put on the Ethereum blockchain. But there's a problem, Tommy, with Ethereum. So this is, you know, there's always a cause to pause with these cryptocurrencies. The problem with Ethereum is that it's it's very quote unquote gas intensive. Uh, it's it's not great for um, uh, for the environment because it, it burns a lot of resources to actually complete transactions. So that's kind of the the problem with Ethereum. So what is the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum? So they're both on the blockchain, right? So like you said, with Ethereum, you can do a bunch of shit. Yeah. That you can't do with Bitcoin? Well, right. So they're, they're on different blockchains. And that's what's cool about blockchain technology. Every blockchain um, is coded differently and they perform different functions. You know, you kind of think of... 
you know, Bitcoin really doesn't serve much other purpose other than being a, a, a proof of stake, a proof of, of value for that particular coin. You know, you're not building your own ecosystems on the Bitcoin blockchain, right? You're just buying Bitcoin because you know that somebody else will accept it as currency and they'll give you, you know, bread and water, right? Whatever that um, commodity is. Um, but, you know, again, the the big difference with Ethereum is that it's it, you build on top of it. It's a blockchain that's that you can build, kind of like Minecraft. I don't know if you know. I know you got the little one here. Yeah, whatnot, yeah. No, maybe. I know Minecraft. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. That, that's how I always kind of looked at it. Like Earth Earth Point dot O that I thought was real places to buy. Yeah. Was that you who showed me that? Earth. Earth.co, Earth, uh, Earth and it was all this land. Remember Scott, I showed you that? Uh, I think it was you. You showed me that, Earth.co, and me and Rob were looking at it when you were in, and we were like, I really thought that that was real shit, like land to buy. Like, oh, maybe I'll get a place for in China. But I didn't know it was just a virtual <laughs> like spot. Yeah. Now, when you- Well, think- there's a bunch of those too, right? There's this, the Sandbox has a big one. Um, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of these metaverses, and to your point- some of them will probably be popular, whether that's the Zuckerberg vision and version or whether that's another version, we don't know. You know that, and that's why, again, highly volatile assets, I think, in times of uh, great economic distress are typically the ones that you want to get off your portfolio quickly, uh, which leads to these fire sales. So crypto isn't going anywhere, right? Like the, I mean, the blockchain. The blockchain, you can build all kinds of stuff on the blockchain. Oh, yeah. Now, when, when do you see the government stepping in? Because at some point they have to. You know, are, do you think they're just waiting till everybody figures everything out and then they step in, kind of like the Fed, the feds. The, if the state has a case, they found out that Mark is doing A, B, C, or D. The state will take two years and investigate to all the legwork, and then if the F, if the feds want it, uh, all that two years of work you did, state, now nah, we're taking it, and the feds just yank it. Yeah. And all that time that they worked to, to investigate you and get you, if the feds decide they want it. They just come and yank it. So do you think that the government is letting everybody figure out all the kinks and problems, and then once it's figured out, just like the feds, well, they are the feds, they come in and they yank it? Uh, well, I mean, we, we both know that anytime there's big money involved, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the government wants to get a piece of that, right? We know that. I can't believe they waited this long. We, yeah, I Can mean, you? Can you believe that they waited this long to make a move? No. Well, and, and I don't, I, and forgive me, I don't know the exact stat, but the Biden administration just hired like something seven thousand auditors. Like, what are they, what are they hiring them for? <laughs> what are they auditing? Yeah, well, the, the, me and you, <laughs> me and you, right? right and yeah. they want to go after these. I, I think these digital worlds because there's immense currency there. And and frankly, when you're looking at centralized banking, the biggest threat to centralized banking is decentralized currency. You know, you can't just go out and print. 500,000 Bitcoin, you cannot do that. Um, they're, they're produced on a, on a different level, right? And it's it's all decentralized. So um, yeah, I mean, they're gonna get a piece. And, and, and you know, so that's an interesting thing too. And something I think about, you know, you and I, we could have a transaction with our phones. I could just say, here, tap my phone, here's some Bitcoin, you know, give me a soda or whatever, right? Um, however, most transactions are done on marketplaces like Coinbase or FTX, which these are centralized. The government could go at any time and say, hey, well, we want to see the books. What's centralized mean? When you say, when, when you're referring to that Bitcoin and Coinbase, what's centralized mean? Well, a centralized marketplace is a place where transactions are happening, 
between people um, in, in centralized, meaning that's where all the transactions are occurring. So, you know, for example, you know, you might, you know, where do, what do you do with, with money that you, that you receive? You probably put it in a bank. Put it in a bank, put, you know, keep it in PayPal, keep it in a cash app or yeah, it's saved somewhere. Yeah. T- typically, you know, historically it's in a bank like a Chase bank or Washington mutual bank of America, whatever. Right. Um, and you know, they're not physically storing your, your gold doubloons in the bank. They're out making all these electronic transactions, but because it's centralized, because they have this authority, you know that your money is going to be there. You know that it's safe. It's FDIC insured, et cetera. But you don't have that in the Bitcoin world. It's all it's all solidified in a decentralized way, right? You don't need that central authority to say, yes, that Bitcoin transaction happened. We know it happened because it's on the blockchain. Um, so to to kind of go one step further is, you know, the current form of the Internet that we're on right now, right, is, is social media where everyone's on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Those are central places, although there's hundreds of thousands, millions of different websites out there that we can transact on. So that to me is kind of one of the interesting things we're going to see with government coming in. One of the interesting things we're going to see over the next five, 10 years with cryptocurrency and what's successful is what's able uh, still to have that decentralized feel, which I think is important for main, you know maintaining the stability of these coins. Um, but what is also, you know, available on marketplaces in, in a way that people can still trust, because, you know, like you said, I don't want, you know, the government to come in and seize all of my Coinbase funds because of, of, of reason ABC. That's what Bitcoin is meant to kind of do. Exactly. So what I, th- I think the way that they'll do it is you'll wake up one day and you'll get a letter and they'll grandfather it in and they'll say, OK, you're going to we're not going to hit you with. Let's just say you made a million dollars, right? We're not going to hit you on the 39% bracket. We're going to hit you on a 15% bracket, and you have 20 years to pay it. I think that's how they'll do it, in my opinion. I mean, I don't I don't know shit about it, really, other than what you tell me and other people they try to tell me, because it's just hard for me to – if I can't touch it and I can't feel it, it's hard for me to invest in a virtual product, especially Bitcoin, who I think Putin owns – but something like that, that I don't know who the fuck owns it. I don't know who's, who's manipulating it. You know, I don't know. So well, Bitcoin, couple- Bitcoin is really tough to manipulate because there's so many out there. It'd be hard for one entity like, you know, the, the Russian government or Putin to control, you know, 40, 50 percent of Bitcoin. Not saying it's impossible. And that is one of the problems with some of the smaller blockchains. You know, if there's only 100,000 tokens out there. <laughs> Someone owns 70,000 of them. They control the entire currency and they can, you know, pull the rug out and, and so on and so forth. When I had uh, Kristen from uh, PodFest, he really broke down blockchain. And Scott, you'll actually be interested in this because he's with me on this. Whole, this is like I'm I'm out there with this stuff, you know, <laughs> but he had explained that the blockchain is the decentralization, basically. And you can build pretty much like anything on the blockchain to an extent so you know the shit i don't so like name let's just say name five or six things like think like think of five or six things that nobody would think that you can actually build on this blockchain because when i think of blockchain i think of okay this is some thing that people are just building software on top of that can be used as a currency or an exchange or whatever it may be 
But what else can blockchain be used for that people would never think in a million years it actually can be used for and will be used for? Well, all a blockchain really is is a is a ledger. So any any sort of activity that needs a stamp saying that this happened, you know, will go on a blockchain. I think, you know, within the next three years, home transactions and titles will be put on blockchains. And then how would that work? So you you have a blockchain or a blockchain, right? So what do I log into like a portal and there's a blockchain there? You, well, I, I don't know exactly how that would work, but I mean, let's let's break down the way that transactions happen now, right? There's a title attorney, um, you know, there's your finance company, there's an insurance agent, um, there's lenders, there's assistants, there's all these different people that have their pieces, um, their, their, their hands in the in the pot, right? But if I can just go to one person, but you know, there's the county appraiser, you gotta go to the county appraiser to make sure everything is, is titled properly and deeded properly. But you know, if something is solidified on a blockchain, on a ledger that can't be altered, it can't be erased, that's there forever, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a natural place for ownership to be shown and proved. I mean, I was at a, um, I was at a camp out uh, last week with the family and I'm the NFT guy there, <laughs> right? I'm that guy. <laughs> That's me. And the, you know, this, the, I was like one out of 12 or 15. And I was like, in five years, all of you are going to own NFTs. And they looked at me like I was nuts. Like you had three years, yeah. four eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, ah, oh, Mike, you're crazy. But mark my words, it will happen because, you know, it's, it's going to get easier. There's going to be less and less friction in the process. And every time you go out and you make a purchase, you're not going to get it. When's the last time you asked for a paper receipt? Never. Never. But they're actually, gonna... actually sometimes I, I used to, but now I just got lazy. Only you still when ask I ask for paper receipts. No. I ask for paper receipts when I get bad service at a restaurant, yeah, and yeah. I know they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna jack up that tip on me, you know. Uh, but generally speaking, you're probably just going to take your phone or your watch or your your eyeglasses, and you're going to scan something. Um, that's going to show proof that the purchase act actually happened and it'll go straight to your digital wallet. Like there's not a doubt in my mind. So an example would be kind of like Apple cash now, but it's not huge, but eventually the blockchain will be huge when you go out to dinner rather than pulling out a credit card or debit card, you'll go with your phone that will have like a QR code and you just yeah. pay the bill and then you'll go to your phone and you'll put the tip in and you walk out. Yeah. Or they'll actually have it maybe at the table where you just pay. Sure. And then they better have security guards at the fucking door, or otherwise everybody's just gonna run out. <laughs> yeah, no kid. Well, but I mean, by then they'll have robots that will just uh, like, uh, no. Yeah, they're gonna know the second you walked into the restaurant. Anyway, they're gonna know like what you had for breakfast and where your favorite public restroom is. Like they're gonna know everything, um, you know, for better or for worse. And how do you think the blockchain itself could go radically negative? Because we're talking how it could go a good way. But everything that goes a good way could always go a horrible way. And, and I'm talking, you know, a year or two from now when it starts to really get more simplified technology growth, maybe even to the fuck knows how fast with the way things are moving. Well, and so one thing I think it's important to, to clarify, right, is that there are many blockchains, right? There's not just one blockchain. There's, like I said, there's the Bitcoin, the Ethereum, there's the Solano. You know, Chase will probably have their own blockchain. You'll probably have your own blockchain at some point for MSCS Media, which by the way, everyone out there, if you have not yet, you definitely need to subscribe and leave a five star on Spotify. Thank you. 
You're, Thank you, Mark. Like, no doubt. I, I, I should be saying that. <laughs> no, you, but no, I'm serious though, because yeah. I, you know, you, I produce a lot of podcasts. I look, I watch a lot of podcasts. In the the level of professionalism, it looks really good, bro. So mad props, and definitely give him that five star on Spotify. It goes, you don't really understand how far that goes. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. You didn't have to do that. I appreciate that. Yeah, hey, it's it's well deserved. It's well deserved and earned, right? Um, so thank you for hitting that five star. <laughs> My man. Yeah. <laughs> My, I'm hiring him. <laughs> <laughs> what did I even fucking just ask you? Yeah. That was very nice. Hey, well, yeah. You usually, know, I get that look like, hmm, hmm. That that that's usually the look that we get. <laughs> well, and I know how how easy how easy it is to do and how. You know, people, you know, we don't always recognize that we're too busy doing, you know, driving, working out or whatever, but it only takes five seconds to hit five stars on uh, on Spotify. And we- this episode is brought to you by Fiji. More than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain, giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji water. Again, that's FijiWater.com slash MSCS, $5 off and free shipping. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. I want to talk to you guys out there who are working out all the time but aren't seeing any results. Your commitment isn't the issue. You're going to the gym all the time, different body parts, everything else. Before you go and buy a new supplement, try a new diet, new routine, let's talk about your testosterone. Low testosterone can affect anyone at any age. And low testosterone will take away muscle mass and you'll gain body fat. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. They're the worldwide leader at home testing kits. You order the testing kit, it's delivered right to your house, discreet packaging, next day delivery. You send it back, once it arrives in the laboratory, your results will be available in two to five days on your secure online account. So if you want to test your testosterone levels without leaving your home, visit try lgc.com slash mscs and use the code mscs at checkout and get 30 percent off the link is in the description at the top new sensors every week because yeah. i'm a developer by nature i'm a developer like i do i build apps I build web pages i code i didn't even know you could code these uh platforms and everything else and they're constantly adding shit in and the one i just put up the other day with noah all we did the, or not Noah, uh, uh, Kalen, mm-hmm. corn guy. Mm-hmm. It got a copyright strike because we played something on Instagram and it was his music in the background, <laughs> his own music in the background, and they gave a copyright strike. So did we, were we able to fight fight it? And say, I don't give a fuck. I just don't, I never monetized it anyway yeah. because I have sponsors, so I'm not going to put in you know, three sponsor ads that I have plus their shit ads that they don't pay you for. Yeah. So I don't really care. You know, but just the fact that now you can't even play if if you play Instagram and there's somebody's song, whether it's your song and you're sitting next to me, Scott's song, whoever Nicki Minaj is playing on a funny TikTok video, boom, copyright strike. That's mm. new. Mm. That th- that didn't happen a week ago. Yeah. So more and more and more. And I think maybe the hesitation with Spotify is that you're not fucking with them. Their code is impeccable. Like say you're doing uh, like uh, I can can't say his name right either. Like Seth Seth Farrelly, who was part of White Boy Rick, he's doing he's trying to do a documentary on LSD. 
So not how good it is, just that it was used as medicine and so on and so forth. And that's what he does, documentaries and shit. So whenever he puts something up on YouTube, it's 18 plus. Yeah. So now think how many views he would have got without that 18 plus bullshit, because now you have to click to proceed. And the average person is going to think this might be a virus. If sure. I click to proceed, that might be a virus. Sure. So you figure that's eating half his views right there, which means it goes nowhere. Which honestly is an important thing that people do think. If people think this might be a virus, that's like a, probably a good instinct to have nowadays. Like, you know, we're talking about the NFT world, the blockchain world, where if a transaction happens, it is, it's done. You know, in this new world where you can get hacked or someone can get into your um, computer via malware, they can wipe out all of your digital assets like that. You can't, there's no, there's no complaint department. No. It's on a blockchain, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like we know YouTube, so we know when we see that it must be cursing or yeah, something with drugs. Yeah. But somebody else that doesn't really know, that just goes on YouTube, watches something that's interesting, and then they go to another one, the thumbnail looks interesting, they go to click on it, 18 or older, you know, we're warning, you know, be careful with clicking to proceed. I bet you nine out of 10 people that don't know YouTube's, you know, ins and outs, probably would say, I'm not clicking that, because I know, yeah. I know three years ago before I just, when I was just, or no, a year and a half ago, when I was just watching YouTube, if I saw click to proceed, I wouldn't click it. Because yeah. in my mind, I thought, oh, there's something fucked up in here. Yeah. No, and I don't I don't think that's a bad instinct. And, you know, I, there's one thing I found in this new digital world where you're trying to build digital businesses and make things easier. Everything always, you know, one of the things you had mentioned, Tommy, when I came in here is I was looking through your stuff. Everything looks different now. And that's because there's this perpetual need to make things easier, less friction, less clicks, you know, less scrolling. Just make it as easy as possible. You know, and I, I agree. I agree. If, if I'm going to YouTube and I have to click the button to follow the link, I need to click another button to maybe see it. And then I maybe need to click more buttons so I can get logged in and subscribe and all that. And then, and then throw in the, you know, warning, 18 plus, click yeah. the proceed. Would you, before you ever watched YouTube or anything, would you have clicked proceed or would you have just walked away? And like, you're like... I still walk away. You still walk away. Okay, <laughs> so there you like, go. Anything I don't know... Like I get a, a text on my phone and says, oh, you just won a million dollars. Click here. Delete. Delete. <laughs> yeah. Delete. I get a lot of those. And sometimes it says, how are you doing? It's been a long time. And I'm like, I don't know this number. I'm <laughs> Block. <laughs> yeah, right. Gone. Well, you're uh, missing out because this guy, Mike, he, he's he got this great deal on uh, auto warranties. And you can extend your auto warranty for a very good price, Scott. You're yeah. missing out. Oh, <laughs> I should click on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark will let you know which one to click on. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, see, there's a perfect example. You know, he, Scott even knows YouTube. He watches it. Yeah. He watches Spotify now. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he's not clicking on that proceed. So right there alone, you just saw that. And he, you know, it's not like he hasn't been in the fucking tech world. Yeah. You know, so imagine how many people are losing out on that so to answer your question why i like spotify that's why i like spotify yeah what i don't like is this fucking settings box if you've never watched a podcast or video podcast on spotify when you go to hit play a settings box pops up and either you can click away from it and click the video playing under the settings pop up or you have to click settings and make sure data savers off and then go back to the episode and hit play Aye. 
You only have to do it once. But it's that initial time if somebody doesn't know or they don't read what I put under it, that's a killer. Yeah. I keep em- emailing them to change it, but they don't give a shit about me. But I bet if Joe Rogan fucking <laughs> does, they fucking change it. But he's already got a gazillion fucking streams, so what does he care? Yeah, but you know, I think they'll keep iterating and keep improving if they want to stay relevant. And I think that's going to be the big story over the next five to ten years. Well, look, now everybody can upload video on there. All you got to do sure. is you go to Anchor, quick upload, boom. But why do it there? There's a lot of places you can upload your video now. Uh, like no, no, you can only put a uh, video on Spotify through Anchor because Spotify owns Anchor. Well, right, right, right. But, you know, if I mean... Um, Audio, yeah. You know, maybe I want to put my video podcast on Rumble, for example, right, which is becoming kind of a big deal um, as an opposite to this YouTube problem, the censorship problem. There's all these other platforms that are popping up. What's... Uh, What's Trump on now? Tr- Truth, True. Truth Social. He said, you know, Elon's like, I'm buying Twitter. Everyone come back. And Trump's like, no, not going to do it. Staying yeah. on Truth Social. Well, you know how long Truth Social is going to last? Not very long. I, they don't have the money. They don't have the power. It's either going to be Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Amazon, Google. Well, yeah. Google is YouTube. So it's either going to be Amazon, Apple, Spotify. You know, one of the things that's come up with this whole Twitter buyout is like, where are these numbers coming from? Like well, your your value, the company's buyout is forty four billion, and it's like, how many bots? Question mark. And it's like all these tech companies. Same thing with NFT. Same thing with these blockchain technologies. They have these exorbitant price tags and market values attached. But it's it's like, what is it that you actually own? Like now that we're seeing all these other social media platforms pop up. Whether it's Gab or Truth Social or, you know, there's, there's, I don't know, there's a half dozen others. You know, I feel like you're going to see this, this split where it's not just going to be about Twitter, you know, or it's not just going to be about YouTube. There's going to be maybe two dozen platforms that people are using, right? I don't know. It just seems like everything is changing right now, which to me is one of the reasons why having these conversations, having some sort of media apparatus is really important. Yeah. I see, I think, uh, just from you know talking to people i think that youtube will always be huge even when spotify looks like youtube with the likes comments hopefully not um all that kind of shit you don't like the likes and comments i I don't the likes are fine i hate the comments yeah because i hold them i I delete any of the bullshit because i don't have you in here for some troll to start some bullshit with some other guy and then they go back and forth for 300 comments about whatever and they're like oh tommy uh he shoots 10 tons of Botox. Yeah, I do. I bet you wish you could too. Or, you know, Mark is wearing green and, you know, he, you know, he looks stupid in that green. You don't. But I'm saying, like, that's the fucking comment. I just can't stand him. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, that's part of being like- a, I know. I and know. we maybe. by the way, we might have it easier. You know, I grew up without any internet. I grew up with, like, very, like, floppy disks and VCRs and VHS, right? I don't know. I just feel like- you don't stand a chance. What'd you grow up with? <laughs> you're, t- you're in the wrong room right now, buddy. I grew up with a black and white TV. <laughs> what? And, uh, five, right, right hook from Mike Tyson. Five, five channels. That's five. it. <laughs> and he's, he, he's crying about a VHS tape. And I, I, I am too. Don't I'm not, worry. Well, I'm, I'm not crying. I'm just saying that, you know, it seems to me like maybe growing up, um, y- you know, I'm able to find self-worth in myself. I don't need some random schmo on YouTube to bring me up or down. Like I'm already comfortable where I am with the people that I know, you know, the support system that I have. I, and you know what? Gosh, I, I wasn't expecting to go into this, but you're like, you're seeing this kind of like complete mental collapse 
of the American people, of, of humanity. And I think a lot of it probably is because they're looking for alternatives, that, right? Well, they're looking for the accolades in those comments. Oh, someone doesn't like my shirt. Oh, let me go cry. It's uh, bullying. It's bullying. It's bullying now. Everybody yeah. wants to be a star. Yeah, everybody wants to be a fucking yeah. star. It's a, you know, and they can be. Oh gosh, I saw this post on on LinkedIn the other day, and there was this girl dressed up. You know, she's in workout clothes. She got her yoga pants on, tight shirt, all this, and she made this comment about, "I posted this post the other day, and I was so angry that people that these guys were giving me attention." Right? She obviously wants the attention based on what you're wearing. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> If you're wearing really tight pants, you're going to get attention. With your boobs half hanging out. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, that that gives anyone the right to, like, assault you or anything, clearly. But, you know, I, I don't go into a bear pit wearing a, you know, with, in a, with a honey suit, right? you got to be kind of aware. Um, and, and honestly, I don't have a problem with you put yourself out there, but you, you go out there to obviously get the attention. And then when you get it, you're like, oh, one out of ten pieces of attention were not positive. Now I can make another post to complain about. It's kind of like, you know, what is it going, what's going on within you that you you must have 100% positive attention at all times? It's it just, it, I don't know, at least this like really, I think, dangerous line of thought. Oh, yeah. I, I think social media has taken 70% of the United States into mental health issues. Really? Yeah. I think seven out of 10 people need mental health. From this fucking social media shit all day on that phone all day on whatever either talking texting or tiktok or whatever else it may be it's crazy it's so easy to get to an argument with someone on facebook or twitter but See, like this is why i hate the comments yeah. <clears throat> like like stuttering john he's a great guy now he brings a lot of the shit on himself but he's a great guy he's a very nice guy he's been he met my daughter you know he's a very nice guy but when he comes on, I mean, he gets crushed with comments. I mean, comment after comment after comment. And I delete all of them. And that's why I hate him. Because John is a really good guy. Just because he does stick. Now you got these fucking bombs that will go and, and say, you know, personal shit about somebody that they don't even know because they're on a computer. They're yeah. not in front of them. Never would say it you to know? his face. Never would say it to no. his face. And it just goes on and on and on. And I'm not like bringing John. I'm bringing John because John's a great guy. And all those fucking assholes that have nothing better to do than put him down and make fun. If you don't like him, then don't watch it. Yeah. I like him. He's my friend. But what's it, crazy to me is, you know, not only would they not say something mean about him in real life, they probably would be pretty cordial in real life. Well, how about know? how about all the years that they watched him and listened to him on Howard Stern, on VH1? Sure. Yeah, they watched him and they waited for John to go out and ask the person the dumb question. But now that he's, you know, out and still stuttering John with the same stick he always had, now you want to go after him. It's just ridiculous. And yeah. He's a very nice guy, but he's a beautiful individual and he does help a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that's and I think that's where it comes from for me. I don't need a comment. I don't, I don't need the like. I just want to see that, you know, the more the more value, the more good you do for others, the more value and the more good you get back, you know? And I think that, that kind of that simple concept of the more I give, the more I receive. Um, anyway, that's what I've tried to build my my base and my foundation on. That's what I try to build a foundation on for my kids, um, you know? Because, it, it, frankly, over the past 10 years, we've had it really good. Like, money's been flowing. Businesses have been growing. You know, people are making all, all sorts of money, hand over fist, doing all sorts of different things. But I don't think it's I don't know what your predictions are. But I don't think it's going to stay that good for very long. And I think no, you, no, I no. I just had 
the top CIA guy in, and then the fucking top nuke guy in the CIA. They're both <laughs> retired, but I had the top CIA guy, and he retired in 16. We're in a depression now. Mm. We are. They just, the, the number, they, they play with the numbers, but it takes three or four months for it to actually take effect. And what he was saying, <clears throat> and Andrew, the other CIA guy, that he they believe that China will make their move on Taiwan right before the election twenty twenty four. Oh man. Now what does this do? This puts Biden I mean, this is perfect for China. Now this puts Biden in a fucking spot. Because if he doesn't sanction China, the American people are gonna want him to because they're gonna be like, Oh, Taiwan, Taiwan, Taiwan. And if he does during a depression or maybe it maybe it doesn't go all the way to a depression, but a really bad economy, right? Then you sanction China, which they want him to do. We're fucked. You think China China wins? And yeah, they're going to take a massive hit because we buy everything from them. But they don't care about that. They've been waiting to do this forever. They want to be the rulers of the world. And what will happen, in my belief, is that will happen one way or another. And you'll have China, Russia, Iran, Serbia, North Korea, South Korea. That will be the lineup. They'll all have their names, but China will be at the top. Maybe that the, the, well, the, the, I hope not. But. I mean, if because if they take Taiwan, like the world changes pretty dramatically. That not, Taiwan, forgive me if I'm wrong, is producing like 93 percent of the world's semiconductors, which are all the little chips and microchips that go in every little piece of equipment. It's it's like it's like 90 to 95 percent somewhere in there. But if you sanction China, then we're not going to get anything from China when we're already in a fucking crash or depression. If they're right, well, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I if, if you're president, do you make a move or do you just that? They're not NATO. If, if I, you know, if I was president, I would say we need to start producing more within the country, because if you're saying that microchips and semiconductors go in just about every single thing that we work with and we're outsourcing that to another country that's across on the other side of the world, which just so happens to be like a click away from China, one of our bigger adversaries, that's. It's a pretty big exposure right there. I'm, I'm thinking that we need to be producing semiconductors at home. And and why can't we? And what's the cost? Well, worse than that, we're buying oil from fucking Iran. The worst country in the planet. They got more fucking terrorists than anybody. And we're, we're giving them money. I mean, this guy's really got his head fucked up. And I, I'm not, again, I, I hate this left-right shit. I hate politics. I hate it to death, believe it or not. But... This guy's a fucking nutcase. Well, I think what we need is- and I'd need, say that if he was fucking Republican, social, whatever the hell. Well, he's at like 30% approval rating right now. I mean, it's- But it's, who's, who's telling him what to do, though? That's the thing. You know, I don't know. I've been watching Westworld recently, and it's basically a bunch of robots. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know. I could go pretty deep on that. <laughs> so, okay. So back to NFTs, because this is a pretty big thing. So NFTs, they are a bunch of pictures- Okay, slapped together, and then they're sold, in a way. They can be, sure. Okay, now, when does the copyright issue of that hit in? Because I see NFTs going for like 50 grand of like Jordan, Allen Iverson. How in the hell, I mean, I understand it's on uh, blockchain, crypto, blah, 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 encrypted, but how in the fuck is that legal? Because you're taking a picture of Michael Jordan or whoever it might be, and now you're turning that into an NFT, not okayed by Jordan or his agent or his endorsement agent. 
and now you're going to sell it and make half a million dollars. Well, that's where you get that's where you get scammed if you're buying something from someone that doesn't actually own the rights to that item. You know, there but there are a lot of companies out there that are producing like I, I don't know who has the rights to NBA TV. Let's call it Fox or I don't even know NBC. Um, you know, you'd want to you and that's important. You want to make sure that you're going through the right channels. I had a buddy of mine. You so in the middle down here, NFTs made simple. Yeah, that's my co-host uh, J.C. Dornick, or as we call him, Dragon. Um, and he had bought an, a a mutant ape, or it was a type of ape. It wasn't. Those apes are pretty fucking cool. I will say that it looked they're pretty badass. It, it, I mean, it looked fresh. It looked super cool. It looked legit, but it turned out that it was just a cheap knockoff of the real deal. It's it's just like that time in seventh grade where I really wanted those Jason Kidd shoes. Yeah. And I yep. bought them at the swap shop and <laughs> listen, they were not Jason Kidd approved. Let me tell you. That was one of those days where you went everywhere and they were sold out. But for some reason, <laughs> this one little corner sh uh, shoe shop happened to have them. And they felt a little bit different when you put them on, but you didn't care because they had your size, right? That's it. That's exactly it. But how would you do that with an NFT? Because how would you how would you know? Because the initial one couldn't have been verified because Jordan's not verifying it. Well, and that's I think you know one of the core concepts that we as humans need to keep in mind as we go into the next phase of humanity, which is everything is public. Everything is public. So the way you treat people, the way that you lie, is going to impact the future your your own future, your future relationships, right? So if you know you bought this Allen Iverson token non-fungible token from absmith.com, let's say, and abcsmith.com ends up scamming you, well, that that particular brand or creator is on the line. So, you know, whenever I'm looking at an NFT or a project or blockchain, that's the first thing I do is I look, who's the actual person that's making this thing happen? Do they have any street credibility? What projects have they been working on before? But what I mean is, it, it does... But that doesn't matter because you're taking Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson didn't approve you to do that or me to do that or somebody else. So what's authentic in the NFT world? Because nothing's authentic if the actual person didn't approve it. Because at some point, he, I mean, if I'm AI, if I'm Jordan, if I'm Woods, if I'm whoever, I'm fucking pissed. Because there's guys <laughs> getting 100 grand, 200 grand on my shit. And eventually that, you know, 100 million or, I mean, I've seen ones of LeBron who is now worth a billion dollars. I don't think yeah. he should be worth a billion dollars anymore, but he is. And they're doing LeBron. What do you think? He doesn't have lawyers that can go take somebody's ass to the cleaners? Well, they can. And my my guess, I don't know about those specific situations, because there are creators like Chris Brown has an NFT now. Yeah, I sent it to you because I didn't understand. Yeah, the we can, and we can talk about that. Snoop Dogg has an NFT, has a bunch of different <laughs> NFTs. So, you know, you can still be a public figure who's, the the face or the centerpiece of an NFT, uh, but you know if you took something like okay this this image of Jordan as an NFT is worth I don't know ten Ethereum we'll say, well maybe it's because it's being produced by Tops Tops has the rights to that particular image they digitize it they create an NFT that's a way that I could see that potentially happening um, I'm actually on on my show going to be interviewing an NFT attorney. Oh, wow. Here this month, yeah. They have, they have NFT attorneys now. Oh yeah. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Shit, moving, Scotty. It's just it it completes it complete NFTs completely change the way that humans show ownership. You know, you you don't not gonna have to show a receipt or a title or a deed. You're just gonna open up your phone and be like, "Yep, here's the here's the squiggly art. I own the house," or the you know. So NFT is just blockchain too. 
It's a uh, yeah, it's it's a smart contract that's put on a blockchain. And what's cool, and as a coder, you can appreciate this is if this, then that, right? If A happens, then B. You know, let's say for example, you know, we you have you have a kid. We got kids, right? We want to make sure that when we pass away, our wealth is distributed in a way that it goes to our kids, right? Well, if you want to do that now, you probably have to go to a trust attorney um, who's going to draft all the paperwork, and you're trusting that person is going to execute exactly what you asked for, right? We're going to trust them, hoping, hoping, <laughs> praying, right? Uh, their credibility is on the line. But with, with if and if if you put if you set this up in an NFT, you don't have to worry about will this person do it. It's a freaking code. It's going to do exactly what it said it was going to do, and it can distribute your bit, you know, x amount of Bitcoin to this person. Your your crypto here, ownership and assets, all assets, I think are going to be shown as proof on a blockchain through NFTs. I see. So like, like Chris Brown, like Alan Iverson, I'm sure soon. So all these guys that are basically getting beat out of money, they're just going to come out with the, the Alan Iverson NFT and it will be actually Alan Iverson. And then that's how he'll beat everybody else because the only authentic Alan Iverson NFT is Alan Iverson. And then he'll yeah. have like a, blue check or whatever the fuck to prove that he's verified and this is really Alan Iverson and then yeah. all the fraud basically goes away. Well, yeah. well, then, you That's know, probably what will happen. Alan right? will have to find a way to provide value to the people that actually own those NFTs. So that's one of the cool functions of NFTs too is they have this idea of an airdrop. Yeah, like, yeah, but Mark, wouldn't, wouldn't the value be that it's from Alan Iverson and not from Mark Savant? Yeah, because I mean, you would want it from Alan Iverson. So right there alone... There's the value. Sure. And it could be that, you know, Alan Iverson signed this card, so it has enhanced value. Sure. Sure. By by an NFT signed? Well, to you me- You gotta be out of your fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you need mental health. Fuck, we're past mental health with that. An but NFT what, signed? But what's cool, what, what's cool about- People actually buy that. You, I mean, you could do anything, Tommy. Like, <laughs> if someone owns the NFT- I'm glad I clean my life produced, up, because this is just an opening for illegal shit. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, it's that's. I mean, that's 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 a big deal. Um, but being able to airdrop things like tokens, or like Chris Brown was airdropping at random raffle tickets, so that you could be like VIP at his at his concert. Like, if you're an artist and you want to give out concert tickets, that's one of the best ways to do it is yeah. with an NFT because then you can give out more value. You can keep your fans engaged in what you're doing. So, you know, Allen Iverson might have a great NFT, might have a great picture image NFT, but what is the actual sub substance behind the NFT? Uh, couldn't, could matter. In some cases it might not. In, in some cases, I think that it will. I'm more interested personally in the ones that will have some sort of utility behind them. Right. Or maybe Allen Iverson goes to like, uh, like I know that one yacht guy is like, he's got some of the most expensive ones. I mean, you know who I'm talking about. The, the yacht NFT dude. There's some yacht NFT, dude. Everything's a million dollars or whatever. So maybe like if a guy like that already was selling Alan's shit, right? Alan would say, well, instead of me having to do any work, let me go contact him and say, hey, yacht guy, let's make a deal. You can sell my stuff, put my name on it. You know, I'm there, prove that I'm a part of it. Give me 60%. Well, so you bring up a really good point there. Because the yacht guy has that huge reputation, whereas right. Alan Iverson has his reputation as a player, but not with you big NFT guru guys. Well, right. And I think um, that's that that exact framing is exactly why I think NFTs are exciting for me personally. 
you know, because right now I run a podcast production agency. I'm launching and running shows for people. But, you know, as a business owner, how do I differentiate? What makes me different? Right. We're at PodFest. How many PodFest, how many people at PodFest had podcast agencies? Half of them. Yeah. Maybe more. Everyone is producing podcasts now, right? Um, that, that's in that industry. So what makes me different? Well, I also know how to bring in the NFT element into it too. I'm not there yet. I don't have the full scope, but I see as a five-year play in five years, hey, you know, Tom, you want to take, you want to offload all of your MSCS production? We do that. Oh, you also want to launch an NFT? You want to relaunch with an NFT so that you can build your business, you can build more value for your community, you can get the perpetual benefits of people reselling and selling that NFT? Um, that's kind of where I see things going. And, you know, as, as a podcaster trying to understand what are the specific value points, value adds that you can add to that NFT as the, as the, I guess the face, you know, so maybe Alan Iverson, the face is, Hey, if you own my NFT, you can come to my house, um, in new, who play for Jersey, Philly, Philly. Philly yeah, Philly. yeah. You can come to my house in, in, you know, in, uh, uh, in Philly, and we'll play a game of one-on-one, -on -one, or I'll take you to a 76ers game to sit center court, right? Um, so there's a lot of things that you can do because you know and can prove who actually owns. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right. I'm with you on that. This is the first time I've said this to to you or anybody else when we talk about this shit because I because I, <laughs> I thought it's all just a bunch of bullshit. But when I look at it like this, and you know, like an AI, whoever whatever celebrity they come and they merge him with an established nft guy i could see that happening and work out really well oh there'll be nft firms yeah that's I, all they'll do is produce nfts for big companies they're already out there i still don't think bitcoin and all that other shit i think that's gone i think you have blockchain nft but i i don't i'm still not sold on that bullshit and i still say putin owns it well I still say putin owns it. listen it's hard for anyone to say nope bitcoin is going to be here it's not going anywhere that's why i think you know bringing it back full circle to where we started that's why people are dumping it because they don't you, there's not a lot of utility behind bitcoin other than people recognize it i don't think it'll go any i don't think it's going anywhere that soon just because when you think crypto the first thing that the normal person thinks is bitcoin but i would not be surprised at all if there was another blockchain that became massively popular um you know, because people know it and it has a brand recognition, but it also um, is is very low on the transfer fees, very low on gas. That's one of the things you learn very quickly as a business owner is that it it costs a lot of money to actually get the money that people owe me. I got to pay Stripe, or I got to pay PayPal, I got to pay all these other these other vendors. So I can see a blockchain coming along that solves a lot of those payment processing problems, which is something that I would be. Yeah, very excited about. I saw something interesting <clears throat> that would kind of relate to the NFT and the blockchain that would have saved this guy. Did you ever look up the most expensive painting in the world that some guy bought? Can you pull up tab three? So the guy, it's the, the painting is by a guy. The painting is of this guy Monday. I can't say the first name. Not that you're shocked, right? <laughs> so and this guy paid four hundred and something million. What? Uh, scroll down. Uh, yeah, right there. He paid, which is the most expensive painting in the world? Go back up, up. Is it painting? Salvatore? Yeah, like right there. Click like on Leonardo? that. Leonardo. Uh, down. Where that? Four hundred fifty million. Four hundred fifty million. Right. So now scroll down a little bit. Oh, it's a picture of Jesus. Is this the one? This I... is the one here, but it's by this guy named Monday. So when they had gotten that picture, right, it was messed up. 
so what happened? He paid the four fifty, and there was like a slice in it. So he had it redone to fix the slice. So then when he went to give it to the Museum of Art, because he wanted to have his name on it that he has, he owns the most expensive painting in the world, you know, 450 million, the guy that bought it's like a gazillionaire. They go and they say, well, we can't authenticate this because- It's been touched up. It's been touched. So being that it was touched, they can't authenticate, authenticate without certainty mm. that it's accurate. So now he has a $450 million painting in a, you know, somewhere in his gazillion dollar house. <laughs> but the art world's crazy, dude. But the point of that, if that had been on an NF or on blockchain, it would be there forever. Yeah. And then that exact picture, the way it was left, would be there. And then that $450 million bought in, hopefully not Bitcoin, whatever type of blockchain that is legit, right, in my opinion, <laughs> then he would have it, right? Well, and I think pieces of art like this, this is the type of piece of art you would hang on a wall either in your house or in a museum so that people would look at it. The big question about, you know, will, when will this piece of art have real digital world value like an NFT is when are we going to be spending the appropriate type of time or energy in this digital world? And we're already doing it to an extent, but I'm not typically going to be sitting here on my cell phone just looking at, looking at oh, this picture... Oh, this picture. I love this picture so much. That's not really where we're at. But we you know, will be there, though. I think we will. Uh, I think very soon um, Zuckerberg uh, over at Meta is is launching a new version of his augmented reality um, or virtual reality goggles that's going to be more business related. Right. And it's going to allow you to have your perfect workstation anywhere you go, wherever you go. Right. So I could come in here. I could be at the airport. I pop on my virtual reality goggles. All of a sudden, I have my perfect keyboard with my perfect mouse. I've got four little screens. I've got one giant screen. I've got my virtual. You, know, you you should have the perfect workspace wherever you go, and then I can have a meeting with with someone in my perfect workspace. And what am I going to have sitting behind my desk? What's going to be at the on the walls of my office of my digital office? You're going to have digital art. That's what it's going to be. I think so too. Like Mr. Beast. Like, yeah. yeah. Like he gave Rogan that uh, Elon Musk thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, that moves. I was looking for it just to see what it what it uh, actually would go for. Did you see that thing? It's an NFT in it. It's a a picture, and he has it like on the front. And Elon Musk goes from Elon to this big muscular guy. <laughs> big yeah, like go lights up. He gets huge, like fucking jacked. Like he, you know, like he just shot a ton of tests. And then he goes back down to the skinny guy and back up his fucking body. <laughs> I, I listened to that episode, but I didn't. I don't. I don't recall the. NFT, but you know that's just you know it's it's just really cool. I think this new world where, you know, I can be with anyone wherever. Um, I was down at, gosh, um, in Hollywood at NSU. I was uh, connecting with John Wensveen. He's the director and the creator of the Levan Center down there, which is it's super cool. I don't know if you've been down to Levan Center, mm. but uh, it's on the fifth floor of the library there, and it's a. a a mixture of public and private funds. Uh, it was funded partially by Broward County, and it's a huge floor designed to be a theme park for entrepreneurs. And it's really remarkable what they do. They've got an incubator there for SaaS startups. Um, there's like a Shark Tank style deal where you can go up and you can pitch your your product. They've got a bunch <laughs> of robots everywhere. They've got um, you know virtual reality. They've got a virtual reality room. They've got a whole recording studio. In Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it's in it's in Hollywood. It's at the NSU right campus. There, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. Super cool. But they have this other room, which I'm still trying to 
put together what this actually is in my mind. <laughs> but John explained it is kind of like the hollow deck on Star Trek, where there's thousands of these little video cameras that can transport you to like different places. So you could be like a surgeon working literally inside someone's heart while these robot arms were actually doing the work halfway across the world in in Taiwan or something. It's just really wild, like the type of stuff that's gonna allow us to transport to other places on the planet, you know? And now is that metaverse? I would uh I would I mean what the fuck would you call that one? That that <laughs> that's, what, what's this one called? That's yeah. <laughs> I I mean it could be a metaverse. It could be. It could be. I don't know. it's like a it's like a space <laughs> Don't worry, color. they'll have a name in no time. Oh, for sure. One. Another three letter name. <laughs> Another cool thing is space travel. So let me ask you a question, Tommy. If I'm you, into that shit. If you had the chance to go to Mars, mm -hmm. would you go? Hell yeah. Oh? Yeah. If if uh if I was going I had Robert Beto in, who was uh Elon Musk's partner. When he had come in, they had gotten that thing to go at the speed of light. So at the time the issue that they were having he actually got the call when he was here that it, it the testing and wow. you know that center where they they you know that center where they hit that fucking thing back and forth it's like CERN or whatever they they make the an atom just go like extremely fast in a thing do you know what I'm talking about mm. anyway this is something that these really smart guys do well they throw this thing in a thing and blah 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 long story short he got when he was here he got the call that after testing and testing and testing it goes at the speed of light and they can get to Mars in seven days. Wow. So he was all pumped up and he's like, we got a fucking problem. We can't get through the matter. Can't because just because you can get there at the speed of light in seven days, we don't have any material. They can get through the matter. So there's constantly uh, shit colliding and, you know, asteroids. So when you're going at the speed of light to Mars, bro, it, a paint, he described it as if a paint chip, if you spit out of your mouth at that, you know, spaceship, it will blow into a thousand pieces. This podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to MonsterEnergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast. Monster Energy. Wow. Just from spit because you're going at the speed of light. So you need something other than just metal or steel or aluminum. And we, we do not have that molecule on Earth. So what does Elon Musk do? He's building that molecule. He's making a fucking That's molecule crazy. as we speak to then be able to build a ship that can t that can handle the matter, not just him. I mean, he's probably got a gazillion people working on it, but his team is working on another element in the chart. What's that called? Like the periodic table. The periodic table, yeah. like NI, you know, whatever, <laughs> HO2, O2 shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's making his own molecule that can make a metal that's not metal that can withstand the force going at the speed of light. That's wild. And he knows how to that's do it, wild. and he's doing it as we speak. That's wild. So it's a matter of time. So yeah. with him and his shit, yeah, I would go. Uh, Bezos from Amazon, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He, I don't know if I trust him.
He, he, he <laughs> fucking scares me, man. You know, a guy gets a nine gazillion foot uh, boat. Or a, did, did you see that, Scott? No. He got this boat that is so fucking big, and he doesn't give a shit. Whenever he takes it out wherever he wants to go, they have to take apart the bridge because it wow. can't fit under it. You did not? No. In Google, Google uh, Jeff Bezos' boat, they have to take apart the bridge. So his boat is so big that when he decides to go that way, and I'm sure he goes whenever he wants, they literally have to shut down the bridge and take it apart that's because it's crazy. too high to get through. That's crazy. What an asshole. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> it's kind of an asshole move. I mean, it's a power move. I'm hating <laughs> on him. I take it back, Bezos. I'm hating on you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, a... that's a power move. I mean, think about that. You go, Hey, baby. You know what I'm doing today? I'm get my boat, and these guys are going to take the bridge apart. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that would be pretty obnoxious on your way to work. And you're like freaking Bezos, back, <laughs> yeah. No, you get back out. The, uh, no, you get the call, and they say, "Hey, uh, you have to take down the boat." So look, they have to take that apart for him to get through all these damn pop-ups. But you see how they kind of—that's just crazy. It's not really a good picture. The historical Cons Haven Bridge. You have Ooh. a better voice. You read this. It says Rotterdam Bridge won't be. Dismantled for Bezos' super yacht to sail through. Oh, as previously said. Rotterdam, they're not going to do it. Good for them. They're not going to do it. They're, they're, they're putting their foot down. They said, we're not taking our entire Good bridge apart. Them. Wow. Good for them. Because they had said uh, initially, they did say, yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Hey, I respect that. Yeah, but I, I you know, honestly, I don't know how, e like, the, the, Elon must have already invented a robot for himself because how is he doing so many things at once? I mean, well, he's got a hell of a team. I mean, just from having one of his partners in Beto, my jaw was at the ground. Sure. The whole like space time. I mean, I studied it so I knew, but like the black hole isn't what we thought the black hole and there was never a big bang. And he, he proved that there was never a big bang. He said the big bang happens all the time. It's just things exploding. It never happened. Interesting. And then he made a really interesting uh, he he it was really fucking interesting. He made a way. He said, "Look, there's a way that Christianity and evolution can work together." And it, it was it was really complex, you know. But it, it was a way where, like in his belief, Beto, the universe never began and never ended, and always expands and expands. And black holes do not suck you up. Black holes take in planets and shoot them out to another universe. Hmm. And then that universe has black holes, takes planets, and shoots it out to another universe. And on and on and on and on and on and on, right? Never ends. Each time the black hole sucks in shit, it gets rid of the bad. Like the negative particles, whatever. It shoots them out, destroys them, keeps the good shit, puts it in another universe. So Beto's theory was with the, the black holes, each black hole takes in planets, takes the best of the best, gets rid of the bad shit and he showed it to me on a chart so i'm explaining it like a retard i don't know if i can no i'm i'm you know, i'm getting it i'm getting it that it go it it takes the shit spits it into a new universe and each time it does that it's better and better and better and more sophisticated and more sophisticated hmm. and when he was here he said that there's over that they can see a billion earth-like planets meaning there's a star here there's a planet here, and it's an exact rotation yeah. as it should be. Well, the universe is so big. It, I mean, the idea of, of aliens and light speed, I mean, it's like we're living in Star Trek, bro. Of course, of course they're there. 
What do you think? There's a billion planets, and there's not one that has life on it. Seems they, pretty far fetched. Yeah, and seems pretty as, far. As if they can't. Would they even want to come here? I mean, we're idiots. I mean, what do we have going for us? What do we have? We're top, of the, we're top of the food chain. I, I tend to think that humans are underrated. I got to be honest. Like, we have many, many, <laughs> many, many, many uh, imperfections, but I still think that humans are awesome, you know, you know, communicating and building tools. and We're the best, but think if you're like a dog or like a bear. You would look at you and be like, this guy sucks. He can't smell. He can't <laughs> see shit. You know, his teeth suck. He's got no claws to do anything good. This guy's useless. Like a bear spray. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you're an animal looking at a human, you know, they have the best smell in the world. Right. Particular ones. Their vision is like forever if you're a bird, an octopus, a whale. You know, they can hear shit, you know, 100 miles away. They know if there's blood. So they look at us like, these guys are idiots. But we have a brain. Yeah. That's all we have is a brain. Well, you know, octopus have very big brains too. The, the the big problem for an octopus is they only live for 15 years. They're doing a huge study on that, like a uh, private study because nobody will fund them. They're wondering, th- this sounds real fucked up. They're wondering where an octopus came from because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because when they do tests, it knows how to like open a jar, it knows how to share, it knows how to do everything, but they can't figure out how it communicates. In other words, like the deep, deep scientist, like my favorite guy, Kaku or whatever his name is. I'm trying to get him in. He's, okay. he's, he's like the top. He thinks it's a fucking alien. He's like, an alien doesn't necessarily need to look like you or me. No. It could be an octopus in the water. How the hell do you know? Yeah. And that's, of all things, the ocean's the least we know about. Right. We know more about space than the ocean. Right. One, one of the great, great reasons to be in South Florida, too, where we've got just... Great diving, great ocean. Alligators, sharks, all kinds of cool oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. <laughs> now, take me through it again. Web one. Scott, you're going to fucking just like, what the fuck? <laughs> web one is dial-up, right? That would be like dial-up. There's sure. like all these webs, dude. I, I would say that you know the best way to categorize web one is uh, read-only. You're not really creating much for it, but you're absorbing it. You're, you know... You're reading your the news on AOL, but but right. that was like a long time ago. Yeah, right? that like, would be Web One. Web, I think Web Two was ushered in by uh, social media. I think that's the easiest way to envision that. Social media allowed you to create on the web very very easily. You no longer needed to be an expert in coding. You could just record a quick Instagram selfie or whatever, and you're you're now a creator. So, I think that the introduction of social media, um, the MySpace era. I think is when you could stamp down, okay, web two is here. And, and we've been in, in this web two world for about 15 years. It's, it's a little bit more murky when you get into web three. How dumb was that for MySpace to sell to AOL? What a dumb move. I don't know if you remember that. Scott, but, uh, MySpace was like the shit. Huge. And then AOL bought it and that was the end. Yeah. I wonder what he got for that. I don't know. You can but never find AOL. the exact figure. I tried. It's no. like under non-disclosure shit. Unless it was on a blockchain, in which case it would be public. Did they have blockchain back then? No. No. He, no. So, so Tom, remember Tom? From, oh, yeah. Uh, Tom probably wants to put a fucking bullet in his head right now. Because <laughs> he could have been, he could have been the Facebook. Yeah. Facebook not, might not be Facebook if he wanted to sold that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I think, you know, looking at case studies like that, I think are interesting too. Yeah. Because, you know, as you see in his history, there's always like the big dog. That, you know, is going to, quote unquote, be here forever. But, you know, there's always someone coming. There's always someone 
innovating harder, staying up later, working harder, reading that extra chapter at night, you know, who's who's coming to take your lunch. You know, you have to be, you know, and that's tough. I don't know if you ever struggle with this, but that's a big problem, I think, for a lot of podcasters and a lot of podcasters that I work with is just keeping it going, keeping it going. You know, I've been doing this nearly five years now, but I've seen so many people that, oh, they start a podcast in five episodes later they they lose it you know keeping that consistency going is really tough well i think they think that they they look at a podcast and it seems easy but they don't realize the time it takes to do it and the thought and the process and everything else it's not just sit down show up well for some people i don't know i've I seen some guy he got like seven million views and he takes a shower with sunglasses on and swimming trunks and acts dumb <laughs> and the guy's like huge i mean all respect due to him. I mean, he's killing it. But yeah. it's just certain things it's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You find your you find your niche. I mean, it sounds like a pretty pretty nice gig right there. Just hey, get paid to He doesn't have to think. <laughs> just fucking, you know. <laughs> no no uh, studying, no nothing. Yeah. So what would so web three then would be like this NFT thing and the blockchain thing and this whole evolution? I don't know why people are scared about any of this because this is like evolution. Right, like it, the same things happened over and over and over again. The Earth gets hot, it gets cold. We're helping it get hot, hot, cold. We're adding to it happening quicker, but it's always happened. We've always evolved. Everything's always changed. Yeah, I mean, you just got to go with it and adjust to well, it. Well, humans are always scared of the new because yeah. we don't know. Especially, you know, I, I'd be frank. Like if I was, you know, sixty-five, seventy, I've been saving up my whole life. I've got this nest egg. I did everything by the rules, and all of a sudden, inflation is. Eight, nine, ten percent. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you listen to some kid talking about, well, you see, what you need to do is buy more Bitcoin, and then don't forget about, you know, Luna or whatever, whatever the next freaking thing is. Um, and then you don't know what's real or what's not. You see, you know, you read an article here that says that Bitcoin is the new future. You read an article here that says Bitcoin is the death of your index <laughs> fund, and it's like, you know, I, I. That's why I just stay away until I know. But I think that's one of the reasons why podcasts like this are so important because you can actually flesh out ideas and you could say, it's not just a quick headline, Bitcoin is dead because trending topic. It's Bitcoin is dead and here are five, six to 10 reasons and historical happenings that I can use to corroborate my theory. But you can't break that down in a five, in a three, you know, 30 second clip on TikTok. You need some time to flesh out those ideas. I wanted to ask about TikTok. What do you think is, you know, that's the worst one of them all. Like as far as like taking your data. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. Like their source code is sickening. What, do, what all are they doing? Like they're just taking everything you do? Like what? why are they the worst? In your opinion and in, in your knowledge, why are they the worst of them all by far, 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 far? Well, all right. Well, I think that, other than the fact that they're China. Well, that's the big problem, I think, with TikTok is that, you know, love it or hate it, you know, wherever you land on the spectrum politically, I think that most people will appreciate that China is another global power, doesn't like the U.S. too much, you know, a, a lot so. of identity theft, you know, sponsoring enemies of, of Western culture like China's, you know, for, you know, communist government. The, the idea that this government or enemy potentially of the state is just gathering 
infinite amounts of data on U.S. citizens without even having to have a spy here. Right. <laughs> they right. Don't need it's to in send every anybody. single yeah. person's freaking phone. I mean, think about that. They don't even need to send anybody over here because no. on that fucking TikTok, they can get everything they need. Where's right. what? What building is where? Where who? You know, what does it look like in Nebraska? What buildings are in Nebraska? You know, how do people act in Nebraska? All they need is TikTok. Yeah. And now they upped it to where you can load 10 minute videos. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they can even, you know, the other thing that's that's scary about these programs is they can start to manipulate, like, the way that you think. Oh, yeah. They can start showing you this the same video, the same type of videos over and over again and, and reinforce it in a way that, you know, you end up thinking something subliminally because of this this database, this computer is is kind of guiding you down that road. It's kind of like the minority report in a way, you know. Well, yeah. Well, our minds are sponges, right? Yeah. And just like our kids, when you say... Okay, left. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you say thank you a million times, then they start saying thank right. you. You know, they don't, you know, you, get, you give them like, uh, I don't know, sunglasses. Thank you. Here's right. a stick. Thank you. Here's a piece of grass. Thank you. Point is, you keep saying thank you over and over again. They catch it. You keep watching something over right. and over again, just like, you know, when you were two or one and you learned to say thank you, it's the same repetition, right? right? right. That's how I, I see it too as well. No, it's, 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 it's exactly right um, in the way that they, they control who you engage with, where you engage with them. You know, the other thing that's crazy about a lot of these apps is the the privacy agreements that you have to check off before you even start <laughs> using them. I don't know if you like, need scientists to read that. Yeah, seriously. And 10 lawyers. Dude, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> and and then some, some of them will have like these things where. You know, you have to agree to allow them to monitor where you're going and listening to your mic at all times. And these are big apps that you you must allow them. It's not just because other apps will say, like, why you're using the app. It's OK to track my location. Other apps are track my location all the time. There's probably about a dozen apps in both of our phones right now that are monitoring where we're at right now. Give me a couple that do that, that with they they're on all the time. <laughs> I, I I would prefer not. Really? Um, but I'll I'll give you an example. There's. Um, what do you care? Well, so there are a lot of in uh, apps out there that insurance companies are doing for for automobiles, right? And they say, hey, you have a car, um, you want this discount that we'll give you. Download our app, stick this little beacon in your car, and we're going to give you a discount based on how much driving you're doing or how safely you're driving. Oh, I'd say go go take that discount and shove it up where the the sun don't shine, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, it's you know, fair point, fair point. The the problem is that insurance costs are so immensely high that if you can save twenty percent on your premium, then you might do it. The and it's one thing if it's, I don't know, Allstate or Liberty Mutual. If it's the Chinese Communist Party, <laughs> then you've got another. There's another set but of the concerns. The problem is is that they're all probably connected to China because they need shit from China to build the fucking car. Right, and all these apps are borrowing data and getting data from each other as yeah. well. I'll pay the 20% and I'll get an AirTag from Apple and throw the AirTag in the car where I know where it's at at all time for $19.99 and, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, well, Even, even though that thing's probably sending it to China too. Did you ever see those AirTags? I, I have a bunch of them. Probably sending everything over to fucking China that I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of, you know, I'm 39, so maybe it's like the, the exact area that I grew up, but... Um, you know, the air I grew up, but I'm kind of like just said, you know what, I'm not even going to worry about the privacy anymore. I don't know how you can actually protect your privacy. Yeah, I, I think at some point you just have to accept it, right? Because yeah. you're not going to change it. And 
just go from there and it makes your life so much easier like i freaking love google maps it's such a cool app like i i woke you know i grew up with road maps and atlases and having to like write down your plans or going you know when i got really fancy i had MapQuest. Yeah, I remember uh, MapQuest. MapQuest was, was, you know, you got the papers while you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> what did you use? What, what would you? What did you use when you were growing up to get somewhere? What, what did I use? Yeah, like what? Like, what, did you use like an actual map map? Uh, okay. I think we got to make a left here. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. There's the farmhouse. Wait, they said make a right on the. That's what you used. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, yeah. printed out maps that you had to unfold, and you never could read them anyway. Take a right at the big weird tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing. There was nothing. Yeah, I remember my dad. He had, it was it would fold up into like. Four people like would fold down and be like this, and he'd open this shit up in his car and be like bigger than. Right. And it would go all the way over to my side of the fucking car, and here's this map, and we're going here. And I'm like, oh fuck, this is gonna take forever, dude. Growing and up, it was just like a Phillies game, and I'm like, wow, that's a long ride. I, I and you know, as a kid, when you're like five, you hate the car. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I was delivering pizzas, and there was a big board in the back of the the restaurant that had just had a map of the area, and before you left the restaurant, you had to know where you were going, or else. You weren't getting there. It's just, it's just, it's just wild. And you know, I think it's easy <laughs> for back it is, and you couldn't, and there was no probably no phone to take a picture of the map. Oh no, you could stop. You could find a payphone. No phones, yeah, payphone. You had to have a dime or a quarter eventually, but uh, they were a dime. You had to, where's a payphone? Or you had to, you know, how many times I had to pull into a gas station and go. Uh, how do how the fuck do I get to this place? Uh, yeah. over and over, gas stations where your your life. That's on. right. I get to pull in. Even even when they had MapQuest, I many times I stopped at a gas station because I'm like, this doesn't look. I mean, this I'm not going the right way. Yeah, right. I, I used to even in my you know, I guess century, <laughs> whatever the fuck, you know, I would stop at gas stations. Oh sure. But now everything's Google Maps. Sure, no. and and I think arguably better, more convenient. No, it is. Hell yeah. You know. And so, I like Waze the best. Waze, I hear, I hear good things about Waze. They're built on Google Maps anyway. They just tell you where the cops are, car broke down the side of the road. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what's wrong with i iMap. I'm the Apple version. I don't know what's wrong with it. They do everything right, but there's that app. I don't know. Two things with Apple. Everything else, I give a gazillion stars. The maps and the mail. I don't know why they haven't updated their mail. Their mail sure. sucks. Yeah. It's the worst mail app ever, and they're. The big to me, they're they're the biggest company, right? I mean, they're a, a big freaking deal. The, the fact that they have a a map program that doesn't work properly, it's insane. It's, well, well, they always flop between you know, Google's one, Alpha's one, and then Apple's one, and then sometimes yeah. Amazon. So Amazon, Google, and Apple—they're all in the top three always. I right? can give you another bad Apple thing. Yeah, they just started broadcasting Major League Baseball. What? Every Friday night they have a game or two games. Okay. So you go on if you want to watch that game on Apple. You got to go on Apple TV to watch it. There is no functionality to the app. You go on the game. There's no pause. There's no rewind. There's uh, no fast forward. There's nothing. Can't record. You can't record. Oh. You can't do anything with that app. You just watch. That's it. You're stuck. Like if you get a phone call, you're done. You're done. You just missed. You, you missed crazy. an inning. Yeah, you can't pause it. What you the fuck? Even the Major League Baseball app has all that pause and rewind and stuff, which is great. Apple does nothing. 
It's that, the worst. That is unbelievable. You just got to hook your cassette t- player up to it, so you can record <laughs> right. it on the cassette, yeah. and then you got to rewind it. I took out my my uh, DVR and uh, VHS. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got to plug it in. Unreal. <laughs> it's not, yeah, you can't record it. You can't. You got to just watch it. You know why I think that's like the old days where you could turn your TV on and that's all you had. You yeah, watch and it. and you try to get back for the five o'clock news. Yeah. Or right. I, I remember my great my grandfather. He had to watch the five o'clock news. It was one of those things. He had to have a six pack. A cigar in the five o'clock news, and if that got in his way, he was a miserable, miserable, very tall and strong man. <laughs> and when he came to the house, if it, if he missed the news because whatever, it was just uh, I'll go in the room with the dog, or I'll go play with friends because yeah. it was you know like those old older men, like older older, you know what I mean? Like they had their routine, and it had to be exact. Yeah. You know, yeah. just crazy how things change so yeah. fast. Yeah, but now. That blows my mind. But I, I think I have my conclusion to why Apple TV sucks, mail sucks, that the maps suck, and everything else is monster. Because Steve Jobs was an innovator, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he wasn't a businessman. Like he wasn't a salesman. He was a bit an innovator. He made things. He made things cool. Yeah. He made things he made the impossible. Tim Cook is a businessman. He sells shit. Sure. You know? Sells his streaming music thing, you know, all these apps now. He's not an innovator. What has changed really with the iPhone since Jobs left? More of a screen. It's like a little smaller, a little thinner. Either smaller, thinner, bigger, thicker. The chips are faster. But as far as, you know, a chip is a chip, right? But innovation, like that chip could go in any phone, but it looks exactly like the six, just little differences. Looks even like before it was full screen. It looks yeah. the same. It's just a little bit prettier. I think if Jobs was in charge, that iPhone would look nothing like the ones we're looking at today. And the 14 that's coming out looks just like the damn 13, just with a better chip. Yeah. So there's no innovation. They're not innovating anything. You know, AirPods 3 came out. They look just like AirPods 2. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Nothing Apple has done recently has been interesting or exciting. The now, computers, the M1 Max in the studio, forget it. There's not one computer on this planet, unless you're with the government, that can fuck with that computer. No way. That's fair. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that there's definitely a potential launch pad when we talk about this digital world, virtual reality, augmented reality. Like, Apple could come up with like some super dope augmented reality glasses. Like, you would think that they would, but without the innovation. That they yeah. just, but Apple seems to be the type, you know, even without jobs there, that they'll wait until those glasses are perfected. Then they'll copy that from probably Samsung because they'll probably step in or Facebook, whatever. And then they'll just make them better than all the other ones. So you might not see glasses from Apple for five years until they're absolutely as perfect as these yeah. other companies can get them. Then they take all that and then they just make it better. And more simpler and user friendly. That that's the trend I see with them. Other than the mail, which I I don't understand why they wouldn't put more time into that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I I couldn't say. I mean, who I the hell would say. use Apple Mail? And I love Apple products, but I would never use their fucking mail. It's a nightmare. It's a, it's a problem. And I you know, and I like the idea of keeping things open source, um, transparent. You know, someone is always building a better rocket ship. I'm. I think that's a great a great place to be. But to your point, you know, it seems to me like a lot of a lot of industries have been impacted by this lack of innovation. There's certainly some that are, but like, I don't know about you, but it seems like every week, every month, there's another movie, another TV show that's rehashing something that was popular 20 to 30 years ago. Yeah. It's like, 
you know, it's like it's the same old thing. Plus, we're giving you five new characters that are pretty boring. and You don't really care about like give me something new and something fresh. I think that's why shows like Stranger Things, for example, like blew up because it was so it was so unique. It's so different. It's just not the same old shit over and over. Yeah, it's like another Marvel movie where they're traveling to a different dimension. Like, you know. How many Marvel? They've made like a million of them. But but they they do numbers. They know? do, but I, it's getting to the point where it's like. As long as they're doing the numbers, they're still going to make them. Yeah. And, and, until they're not making that $400 million, $500 million or whatever they go for, they're going to keep making them. Well, I think that's starting to happen already, Tom, because more people are watching shows like this. You know, spending their, there's a lot of places to spend your time. They don't, you know, NBC and, you know, Hollywood, they don't have a monopoly on attention. Well, I mean, who would ever think in, in a million gazillion years that like Mission Impossible within a week would be available on Showtime? That like, is pretty that's pretty cool being able to get your show streamed. But, you know, just to show how things have changed. Can you imagine 10 years ago? You know, everybody would wait for the DVD to come out. It's like two months. I mean, you would wait six, two months. It would be six. How long before was it usually for like a movie to come out on DVD? A good six months, right? At least. At least. It was probably a year. A year. Well, first, first it would go to DVD. Then like a, after a year. Then they would go on the on the HBOs or shows. Oh, yeah, right. So it would go movie theater, nine months to a year. Then it would go DVD. Right. Then another year-ish. Then it would go to like an HBO, Showtime, whatever. Yeah. How long till it was uh, available on VHS on your corner, on the corner store, though, right? Where they're, they're selling the, boot, the bootleg. <laughs> well, the bootlegs, you, you get two weeks oh yeah i used to buy them and the guy would be in the back of the, guys, the movie i used to buy them all the time and be like please let this one just be a little guy, bit better one of those huge you know vhs yeah. cameras with the, yeah. the, the tape inside the yeah. camera and he's sitting in the back of the theater and, yeah. and then you get a copy and go what the fuck is this yeah <laughs> the sound's fucked up yeah. and you, you see people's heads yeah, moving right. but i'd watch it oh yeah because i mean you're not gonna you don't have an option you gotta wait six months to see it right you could tell your friends in high school yo i saw that movie right. You didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, but back then, how long? Like when it for, when VHS first came out, you went to the movies. How long when it, they first came out until it went to VHS? It was Roughly. probably the same. Same. You know, like a year. It was like oh, there I am. Uh, <laughs> probably the the same. It was like a year. Yeah. Before you can get it on tape. I couldn't believe it when somebody th when I saw that within a week, Mission Impossible was going to be on Showtime. I was like, what? And, yeah. that, and the new jackass too a week I, went right I, to yeah. showtime. I think the reason is because right, people are stealing them yeah. so fast. The digital somebody's intercepting something or somebody at the studio's got a copy of it and they sure. they put it out. So they just try to stay ahead of that shit. That makes sense. Because if somebody steal it, well, most people right now aren't going to the movie theater anyway. Right. Right. Then you take that on top of the people hacking it, which they can. Or somebody stealing it from the studio, which I'm sure they're doing, especially times like this. Yeah. So it's better just to put it the hell out, make the most you can, and avoid the hackers. You yeah, if I mean? you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. I mean, because I'd rather watch the actual one and spend... This episode is sponsored by Aurora. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection... 
fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all into one easy-to-use app. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Protect you and your family from America's fastest-growing crime. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if you or anyone in your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your free trial today. Go to aurora.com slash mscs. The link is in the description below. The 10 bucks. Yeah. And I hacked one that, you know, there's going to be something off. Right. But oh, yeah. I mean, because I know that when they give out promo copies to celebrities, they right these days they're stamped with the guy's name whoever they give it to oh, if they give it to the star of the movie to preview it's got his name on it embedded in the in the code so if somebody copies that they know where it came they from know where it they came. can track it back that's right yeah they're getting smart now that's pro- now would that be blockchain for them to stamp that on there you you could I, um what you would probably do is you would turn the movie into an nft save that nft that non-fungible token onto that blockchain at that point and then you know any any reselling you can't really you couldn't copy it but um any manipulations or changes to it could be tracked right because even if they put it in photoshop and tried to erase it you know put layers they could still they they would know that it was altered yeah Yeah. that's kind of what's cool about nfts but you again you kind of going back you have to accept this kind of like you know with all these great features with all this transparency comes a lack of privacy you have to sacrifice privacy to gain the convenience and you know that's probably the biggest if question if you want over- the convenience right. right it's up to you that's the question over the next decade is what do i value more convenience or privacy yeah and that's i, I agree with you i think that's what will be the the ultimate question with a lot of things yeah so are we at web four yet? Is there a fucking four now too? Or we haven't gone to number four yet? That would be the next time. You <laughs> Probably next time. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the most. Web one, two, three, four, NFT, lithium. Blah, 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 blah. And, oh, you know, honestly, shit. web three is not one damn thing. I was listening to a podcast on the other day. I, I don't really think that web three is all that different from web two. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's more transparency. It's less centralization. I think of the, the big things. Um, the NFTs, the virtual reality, the augmented reality, all all really important things. And and honestly, all really coming to fruition down here in South Florida. Like South Florida is the place to be if you're into this type of stuff. NFTs, crypto in particular. Mayor Suarez down in Miami is like, listen, we are going to be the biggest hotspot for NFTs. That's why you saw NFT Miami. That's what's happening in Wynwood. I mean, like South Florida is the place to be if you're if you're into this tech, which is, you know, subsequently causing another problem down here, which is the cost of housing. <laughs> cost of housing is just completely exploded here in South Florida. I, I know I know other people in other places. They said it started to go down. I said, well, it hasn't gone down here. Yeah, well, and that's I I think you're going to see that across the country. But I don't think it's going to start. I, you know, historically, you know, prices rise and fall, but I don't think you're going to see any falls in Florida for. Mm-mm. For for the foreseeable future, I think that no, I think the prices will stay the same. The interest rates will go higher because the banks know something's coming. That's why they're hiring their interest rates so that they are loaning to people that have the best chance of being able to survive what's happening. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Now back to the metaverse because you know all this shit. Does that <laughs> does that scare you? 
Because that could go two different ways. That could go real fucking negative, and it could go real positive. Um, I'm not. I'm not, so the short answer would be no. I'm I'm excited about the metaverse. You know, I grew up in a world where playing video games and being immersed, computer lab battles with my friends, um, Halo across the internet, and you know, I, I I love that feeling of being able to you know just be feel like you're in another immersive world. So I think it's it's super exciting. Um, I probably told this story last time I was on, but. You know, I was I spent the metaverse. I spent New Year's this past year in the metaverse. Came down with COVID, couldn't go out anywhere. Stuck stuck at home with the Omicron, and uh, wife didn't want to hang out with me. Kids didn't want to hang out. With I, I was at Omicron. Was it really that bad? No, it was Nothing. it was it was light. It was light. I yeah, it was you know walking the park. I was very tired for about a day. That was about it. Um, but because I tested positive, I couldn't go out anywhere. So I said, what, what the hell? I'll just throw on the, the Zuckerberg Rift 2 virtual reality goggles. And I spent New Year's in the in this virtual reality world. Um, there's, there's a lot of, I think, things that need to happen before the metaverse gets to that scary point. Because right now it's pretty easy to distinguish, okay, I'm in the metaverse. Okay, now I'm in physical reality. But every day that goes by... The med- it's going to be harder to distinguish between the two. Well, and I also look at it like this. Like, think when Xbox came out, if you had a kid, I, how old's your son? Uh, my son is three and my daughter is six. Okay, so young. If you're, like, older kids, I remember friends that had kids, and when you took them away from that Xbox, they were miserable, mad, yelling, screaming, you, you know, I mean, just animals, right? So now you have this metaverse, where you're in with people, you're talking to your buddies, but you're in there. Yeah. My concern with it is two things. It takes away this. Yeah. Yeah, you're in there with fucking glasses on, but it takes away the human connection, the eye-to-eye contact. I physically shake your hand. You physically shake my hand. That's what a human is. And I fear that when this metaverse gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you can put glasses on and you're, you got floor seats. You got glasses on, you're at floor seats to the concerts. I mean, for the musicians and everybody else, or not maybe the musicians, but the uh, companies, they're going to make a shit ton because they don't need to get the amphitheater. Right. But right. does it, But can the musician act, whatever it may be, are they going to perform the same in the metaverse as they would with a real audience? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think some experiences could be better. I mean... But it takes away the human element I agree. from a human being. And then before you know it, a human is so into this metaverse shit, you're just a human robot before you become a robot because either we merge with them or we end with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, there, there's, you know, um, my wife and I, before we had kids, we went to Sunfest down here in West Palm, which is great. It's an awesome concert. It's a right. festival, three days, tons of bands. I think Fallout Boy was there, Damian Marley, Snoop. It was, it was a crazy event, Stone Temple Pilots. Um, but there's something about being at a festival. You cannot. I don't think you can replace that with with any computer. At least nothing I've ever seen. Right. But you and I say that. But this generation coming up, you know, that's 15, 16 now, getting into it, and the one under it, they're not going to know what that Sunfest. They might not know what right. Sunfest feels like because oh, that it might takes have, so long to drive there, and I got to wait in line. I, I'm just going to put my glasses on. Right. You know. And then next thing you know, you go to school in the metaverse. And, you know, that now that takes away the human social. And that's just like a perfect lane to just fucking destroy humans where the robots who are constantly advancing 
just become tier three. And when they're tier three, they realize that they're a robot. And once they realize that they're a robot, there's a problem. <laughs> and then tier four is when they're smart enough where they can take the chip out. So when the robot realizes that it's a robot, you put a chip in it to block it from being violent or whatever. Because what do you think the robots are being built for right now? The military, right? Sure. And what are they building them to do? Fuck shit up. Some of those military robots are freaking scary too. Like those dog things that that run around. Like yeah, and they'll blow you up. And they get, they're built to blow shit up and to be used in the military. Yeah. So now when you get to a tier four level of the world, now that robot knows it's a robot and knows how to take the chip out. And yeah. they predict within 200 years it'll be there. And then the option would be, well, the only option is going to be merge with them and get a fucking chip in your head or whatever it may be, or run to Mars if possible, or you're done. Yeah, well, I mean, that's sounding pretty dystopian. It's <laughs> not, mean, <laughs> no, the, the whole idea of self-awareness. That is my confident, that is my um, extremely accurate prediction. I don't, th I mean, within 200 years, it's, I don't think it's that far-fetched. I think on an even closer, um, a, you know, a shorter timeline, you could be looking at something like mass famine because the lights go out somewhere. You know, we're so reliant on these systems. We're so reliant on computers and automation, only more and more each day. Yeah. I mean, you only have to go to a restaurant now. You can just go up to a vending machine and get your hamburger or whatever, you know. Um, so if the robots or, or some evil entity person decided, Hey, you know, I'm shutting down all the, the trucks this month. That's it. What, what do you do? You know, we're, I don't think as a society, we're self-sufficient enough to grow our own food and hunt. No. And, and, and that's not a far, that's not like a far off thought. No, I mean, that, you know, that, that's a, that's not a conspiracy that that's just, to me, that's a matter of when. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a matter of when, not if. That's one of the things that freaks me out, Tommy, because, you know, my life's been pretty good. I've been born in 83. My life has been, you know, I would I never was subject to being drafted to go to war. I didn't have to really deal with this anticipation of nuclear war happening. Um, you know, my life's been pretty good. But historically, that's not the way that the world works. No. Historically, the world is death and destruction and, and rape and famine and so that's one of the things that does make people a bit nervous. Like, you know, I look at, I'm 40 years in, 39 years in, right? <laughs> 29, you mean. It, can I can I skate by on another 39? <laughs> I don't think so. Without buddy. something? I, yeah, I don't know. Hell, you know. I, I don't know. But I've got, you know, two young kids, so I want to make sure that they can get yeah. through this, this thing. That's a concern okay. for sure. Yeah. Now, what do you think about Zuckerberg changing his name to Meta? Well, that, that's a heavy move. That, because that kind of makes him the the captain or the boss, really. Yeah, well, stamp, they they put their stamp in. And honestly, when Facebook decided to change the name to Meta, that was like an aha moment for me. You know, I said, you know, some this is super real now. Um, and it was like interesting. It was kind of cool. It was exciting. I had done VR a little bit, but it never really connected. But when I saw Zuck do that, make that move, that was a big deal. And that was the impetus for Dragon and I to start that show NFTs made simple. It wasn't the impetus, but it was like, it was one of the things that happened that really got us going on that show. Now, being that he's the meta, right? If Apple would come out with a Apple verse or Amazon with an Amazon verse, do you think they could compete 
with Metaverse? Or do you think Zuckerberg just has it? No, no, no. Zuck- Zuckerberg definitely isn't, you know, the game is not over. The game, has, honestly, I don't think the game has even started yet. Um, there's some, te- there's there's a lot of, th- you know, the, the virtual world is really tricky. Because like you said, I think that what these people are doing, like Zuckerberg, um, Elon, you know, what, they're, what they would like to do is create a virtual world, this metaverse that's so realistic that we're spending our time in there, you know, um, the the experiences of going on a date in real life can be just as good, if not better, in this metaverse, right? And that's what they're building to. But there's certain things like touch or or smelling someone's cologne or looking at someone in the eye. You can't do that yet. Metaverse. And see, I'm, and I'm afraid, and I think, I'm not afraid, I think and afraid that that's what it's going to come to. Well, it will. That, and, and that's what people, that's the new normal. The normal isn't opening the door for a girl that you want to date, take her out to dinner, pay for dinner. That's not going to be anymore, I don't think. I think it will be you meet a girl in the metaverse and you take your metaverse car and you pick her up in your metaverse car and I guess then you fly her in and hopefully she looks like she does in the metaverse whatever you do, right? Well, in the metaverse, you could be be whoever the heck you want. That's not good because you might fly somebody in that you think might look like somebody but does not look like such. Probably won't. (laughs) Anyone out there that's dated on the internet knows that, you know, people don't always... Look quite like they (laughs) might have. If that's driving you nuts, you could pull it up like that. That's cool, But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that, that that's that's fucking crazy. And did you see the uh, commercial for it? I mean, they uh, pull up by tab three. They make the metaverse so appealing to everybody. Yeah. Like you watch and you're just like, wow, that's fucking cool, man. I'm there with animals. I'm hanging out. You know, have you seen, have you seen the movie with there's this movie with Bruce Willis? It's like that um, where Bruce is like, I can't remember the name of it. But Bruce Willis is a human in this world where basically every human is weak and decrepit and just sits at home in their pod. And the thing that's actually working around in the physical universe is like an avatar of them. It's like a robot. And there's this, there's this time where Bruce is like, I'm going to, I'm going to go outside. And his wife is like, you can't go outside. It's so there's cars out there. It's so dangerous. Just put your goggles on, you know? And so there's this, you know, juxtaposition of, you know, there's, there's, what would life be without taking risk? Like, do, can you actually experience joy without without risks? Like, no. and, and there's no progression without risk. No, you know, you know, we we're up in North Carolina this past weekend, and there's something visceral about. I climbed up this mountain. I navigated up these rocks to look out over this view. If you take away and, all and that, now how much of a ch- of an achievement was that to you when you got to the top? It's. I mean, it 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 feels like you accomplished something. But if you do it in the metaverse, what you you look at some virtual shit yeah 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 so you know i i think that you know as humans you know the reward doesn't taste as good without the risk The you know the loss is part of the game without the loss without falling and scraping your knee without getting an f on a test you can't actually appreciate the juice from the from the from the the reward and mark they're taking it all away and it it goes from the metaverse to giving everybody a trophy to yeah. bully shit. You can't tell somebody he's an idiot. And then that person can't say, no, you're an idiot. That's a human conversation. Yeah. You're an idiot. Now you call me an idiot. Now we fight if we have to, who cares? And then we go have lunch. You know, that's what humans do. Yeah. But you know, now if I say, Hey Mark, you're a uh, 80 pounds soaking wet. Oh, I'm bullying you. And if you say to me, you have too much gel in your hair. Oh, you're bullying me. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. But the conflict, you know, the conflict is what makes you better. Exactly. You know, it's it's and it's just like across every single aspect of our society. You don't need to work out, you just need to take this pill. No, you need that conflict. You need the chaos because then the chaos is what makes something better. It makes people yeah. better and evolves in a better way. But that may, that that's one of the problems I think to your point Tommy that you have in these virtual worlds in these metaverse worlds is they don't want to give you conflict because conflict doesn't feel good. It's what happens after conflict. So they're just going to keep feeding you with the dopamine like, you know, no, you didn't have to work out to get the chick. You just got the chick because you're, you know. Here's another thing, right? You go into the metaverse, you can be whoever you want. You could be a fat slob on the couch with beer and French fries and a juicy, you know, I don't know, quadruple fucking cheeseburger from <laughs> Wendy's or whatever that big one is that, what's his name, eats. My friend eats this one. Uh, but, you know, you could be sitting on the couch, but in the metaverse, you have a six-pack. Oh, yeah. Look good. You look sharp. Shit. Why ever get off the couch? Right. Why ever do anything but just- Why even be a person? Get enough yeah. money to keep paying the Wi-Fi and you're good. Yeah. You know? Just be a robot alligator or, you know, <laughs> whatever the hell you feel like that day, you can, you can be that- and now if you're 16, 17, and you watch this commercial, I mean, this fucking thing just sucks you right in. Watch this shit. This particular one. It's uh, the other Vimeo. I think it's right there uh, to the right. That, yeah, click that one. Yeah, that one right there. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Oh, yeah, I've seen this there. Yeah. So they're in this art gallery. They're looking around at these pieces of physical art, although they could be NFTs. That's what the implication is, by the way, I think of this. This is an NFT. Look at that. That makes it look so cool. Yeah, now they just get... the dimension of imagination. Yeah, so now they just get sucked into this art, this piece of NFT. Give me a little more sound. There we go. See, I mean, that makes it look so... Look. And now they go into it. If you're a kid, you're like, shit, 14, 15, man, I can go hang out in there? No, hell, man. Dude, I'm in. I'm 39. I'm in. I think it looks awesome. Is that what it's like? You're in there and that's how it looks, really? Uh, it, it, it can. It can. These types of graphics are definitely achievable. And it, it is going to be fun. The metaverse is so dope. It's so dope. But it's, you know, how do we keep humans grounded? How do we keep our kids grounded? How do we stop our kids from feeling like their life is over? Because someone doesn't like the color of their shoes, you know, that's a, that's a big problem. I think it will come down to parenting. It, you, you have to say, okay, you want to go in the metaverse? Okay, let me see your report card. Did you mow the lawn? You know, or, you know, when you're older, are you looking for a job? Whatever, maybe. Yeah. Okay, go play the metaverse for two hours. And then in two hours, mom or dad's going to come take it. Cry, bitch, and moan all you want. It's gone. You know, and this was the impetus, Tommy, for the first show that I started, the Awesome Dad Show. Because I, be I believe that, like... All the problems that we're they're really we're really seeing across the country right now, everything from the gun violence to the you know the fentanyl, um, to censorship to like it's it's all a lack of having a good male role model in the house. It's a lack of fathers feeling like they actually matter. You know, you brought up a family. So I'll, let me ask you. I'll I'll ask you a question here, Tommy. You know, The Simpsons. You know the show The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Would I you, don't know how they predicted everything, but yeah. Well, they and, yeah, very consistent. That's fucking crazy. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but like Homer, Homer, would you say that he's a hero or a villain? Hmm. I think a hero. 
I, I like him, so I'm going to give him a hero. I, I think Mr. Burns is the villain. Sure. I, I like Homer, too. But when you look at what Homer is, he's a drunk. Right. He's lazy. Big and fat. He, he abuses his kids. He strangles <laughs> Bart on a regular basis. Fact. Doesn't, he doesn't work hard. <laughs> no. You know, he's, he's a bum. And Mr. Burns does go to work. He, he does. Well, Mr. Burns is a different type. You know, he's definitely an evil dude. But Who's worse? Burns or uh, or uh, Homer? Uh, well, <laughs> Burns is a pretty dastardly dude. You know, he's not, Homer's just a doof. He's an yeah, oaf. He's a he's dummy. He's a douchebag. He's the typical quote unquote American dad, right. American male. And you got the the Bundys with Al Bundy, who's you know he's a he's a mess too. You know, so you look at all these. That's where we're gonna have a bunch of Al Bundys. Who was I love Al Bundy, but we're gonna have a bunch of Al Bundys with meta meta. Glasses on. <laughs> pretty, pretty I wa- now I want to watch Married with Children. Yeah. Al Bundy, he's the man. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, is he still alive? Yeah, I believe. He? Yeah, he Scott, was, I, did, did you guys ever meet him? I didn't. No, no shit. I, that would be cool to meet him, huh? Super huge. Yeah. Super huge. Yeah. No, I mean, he was on another show. He was on uh, <laughs> Sofia Sofia Vergara that show. I don't know. I just remember him from. That. It's on the tip of my tongue. I, yeah, I can't remember it either. See if you can find it. Modern, fa- modern Family. Modern Family. Oh, it was Modern, modern family. family. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good. That's a good analogy, Mark. Yeah. See, you're getting good. He was on that longer <laughs> than uh, the Bundys, I think. Oh yeah. He, yeah, that show ran for like ten years. Yeah. Well, he's he's great. Why yeah. he never went into movies? Maybe it just wasn't for him. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but. You know, I, I think that, you know, empowering dads is just something that needs to your point needs to happen. You know, yeah. you can't raise good kids without good dads. I, I don't I don't think it's possible. You you can try to replace it, you know, but this you look at data, having a dad that's active, that's involved, that's actually guiding. Um, it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, because nine times out of ten, the mom's going to give in. My mom used to always yell, beat my ass with gravy spoons, but always gave in. Yeah. My dad. Grandpa, oh no, there was no giving in. No right. No, well, no. and I th- hard as hard as nails. <laughs> that that's important too. My I treat my my son very differently than my wife treats my son. Yeah. Th- that same thing, you know. If he if he cries, like oh, okay, you know, I'll I'll. You know. But no, like it's a dad. You 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 set a rule. If the rule gets broke, then this is the consequence. Because that's how real life is. You know, you drink, you get in the car, and you drive. Something bad can happen, right? If you know, if you don't clean your room. Something bad can happen too, you know. I I go by if your diapers change, you're fed. There's nothing wrong with you. If you're screaming and crying because you can't come in the living room or whatever it may be, then sit there and scream and cry. Because otherwise, then now you think every time you cry, you're la- you know, dad's right. gonna come help you, mom's gonna come help you. No, you're fine. I got shit to do. Deal with it. Yeah. And and I think if you're not like that, then. That's what they do. They become crybabies and you can't take them to dinner because if mom leaves or dad leaves to take a leak, then they scream. And I just will never go to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> the, Until the, the, always, the line I always got, wait till your father gets home. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's it. Me too. I, I got wait till, your, wait, wait, till I, wait till your grandfather shows up. That's what I got. And when I saw that big fucking Buick, I was just hoping he was in a good mood. <laughs> it was one of those type of things. Because, you know, back then people had three jobs. You know, he was an immigrant from Italy, so he was working three jobs, post office, then he would work at the diner after that, and then work at the late diner at night. I think he just went there to pick up women, but <laughs> he was a pig at 70. Yeah. Whatever. It, yeah. It, Kept him alive. 
Right, which which is a good, you it's certainly funny? important thing. This guy was so insane. He got cirrhosis of the liver, so they cut out half his liver. So he had a belly like this, right? You know, because it like blows up. Yeah. Then he was he smoked constantly, four packs a day, five packs a day with cigars. Cut out his throat. Hey, Tommy, how you doing? So now here's the six foot seven guy, belly out to here because of the cirrhosis. You can't understand him unless you're around him. Like I understood him because, you know, and he'd like yeah. cough through and wipe it. Yeah. But the motherfucker didn't give a shit. Like he would walk up to somebody at a football game, like just like a maniac. And like with cirrhosis of the liver, can't talk, didn't give a shit. And then he would hit on women and they liked him. Because he could do, because <laughs> back then you could give a woman a massage and it wasn't like he's raping her. You know what I mean? So he would give women massages. It's crazy. Interesting. Confidence goes a long way, too, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Confidence can take you out, you know. He was alpha to alpha. Uh, you know? Yeah, it was definitely a different, different breed. And, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily know that we're going in the right direction now. You know, we're not replacing ourselves. We at are not going in necessarily. Hello, Mark. Hello. Yeah, I think we're we are like, not going in the right direction. Well, replacement rate, too, is a, is a problem. We're not having enough kids no. to replace ourselves. Yeah. Um, the, We're down the, a lot. Yeah, I, th I think it's something like the average family is having 1.6 kids. Yeah. I think. Yeah, we looked it up. It was like 1.6, 1.4, and like had an arrow down, as in continuing yeah. to go down. I was having a conversation with my buddy the other day because he doesn't he doesn't have kids, um, and I you know we were talking about my family and whatnot, and you know. I asked him, you know, so what about you? Are y'all planning to have any kids? He's like, yeah, well, I was, I was going to, we were going to, we were right about to do it, right about to have kids, but you know, then you know, inflation started happening, so we decided that we're probably nice not, we're gonna probably put it off. You know, meanwhile, his wife is like forty years old, so like clock is ticking, yeah, clock is tuck, so to speak, right? Um, so you know, I, and that's something that I never wanted to say is I can't have kids because I don't have money. You know, but that's kind of the 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 trap that we're put in now. Like, you know, are you going to have <laughs> you? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to build legacy? Do you want to fulfill that internal uh, drive, that drive internal instinct? instinct? In yeah, instinct. But like right now, like it's now the time. If you're barely making it now, and all the price is going up, do you want to bring another life into this world that you're barely getting by yourself? You know, well, that's and that's a sad question. I think that a lot of people have to grapple with. I like the dad thing you did. I saw it, I, and I think it's good, and I think it's right. I, I think you're a hundred percent on point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we need to wear dads to step up because it's not sexy, it's not cool, it's not exciting to be the dad. You're typically the brunt brunt of a lot of jokes. You know, the dad bod, the dad. You know, the lazy dad. You know, I I think that's so sick. I just think it it really devalues that role in the family and then when you see that role devalued when you see dad turning to i don't want to be at home i don't want to be part of this i yep. you know divorce rates mm -hmm. are way up you know i do i got to get stuck in this custody battle uh typically the woman comes out ahead big time ahead um it, it, i mean and so the kids as a result of this are broken they're being fed garbage through social media platforms, they're getting upset because someone tells them that they don't like their haircut or whatever, um, and then it's it's leading to all these sorts of massive problems: drug use, suicide, depression, anxiety. The list goes on. And the shootings too. I and mean, you know, I I struggle with this a lot because I feel like you know I I talk to uh, 
Andrew Bustamante. He was the nuclear CIA guy. And I asked him about these shootings. And, you know, because he, he was a spy. He wasn't, he was a nuke later. But prior to that with the CIA, he was a spy. So we go to other countries and spy and all this other shit. So he, he knows like the way these people think that do this stuff. And the way he explained it was like right now we're at 33 shootings for the year. Our average is usually 23. He said, by the end of the year, it will be 46. And I said, why 46? And he goes, well, when COVID happened, all those people that were planning on making a move, they couldn't make that move. So it's not like those guys just decided not to do it. They just couldn't do it. So now that overlay is happening now because I, I thought it's the border. You know, I'm thinking, well, all these people coming in through the border, that, that's why this is happening. What he said was, no, these have all been planned. They were just put on hold for a year with COVID. Hmm. Now you're seeing everything come out because all those kids had a plan. And then the kids that were going to do it in 2022, they were going to do it in 2022 anyway. But he said the scary thing is now that the way the mind thinks with people like this with mental issues, the new standard now will be 46. It won't be 23 anymore. So now when these guys go and look that are into this thing and, you know, have issues that for whatever reason don't get help, maybe each bad child, who knows why, the way that they are, well, in their minds, the new standard now is 43 to 46. Is the so, time to act out their, their, their violent fantasy? Their or? violent fa fantasy, right. So he said, by the end of the year, you're going to hit, you're going to double because the average is 23. Those 23 are, didn't change. Yeah. So he said, by the end of the year, there will be 43 to 46, and that will be the new standard, no longer 23. And it kind of makes sense. But And I was dead set it was the border. I thought, well, I mean, shit, if you let 20,000 people through the border a day, what do you expect? It's like 100,000. Or 100. It's, yeah, it's, we looked it up the last time. It, whatever obnoxious number it is, Yeah, that's where my mind went to. But then when he broke it down like that, that pretty much makes sense. And then he's a CIA guy, so he probably knows. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not really. That's gonna... it. I mean, it's an interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that. That all Me these neither. people that had plans had to put all their plans on hold for I, 18 I, months. I know. I, I didn't. I never thought about that for a second. I just thought border depression, what craziness, well, one world thing, going to shit, whatever. One thing I found, I found this out very quickly during the lockdowns. If you put a three-year-old. In a, in, a, in a home and tell them they can't go outside or go anywhere, they are going to drive you and everybody in that home insane. They're going to tear down everything. Nothing will ever be cleaned. You will never get any sleep. Nothing. It just, <laughs> it's just madness. Like, we need to get outside. They, like, you know, I don't know. The lockdowns were probably one of the most disastrous things for mental health I, that could have happened. It's mm -hmm. unconscionable. And, and, and I don't think that the results of that have fully taken effect. Not even close. Not even close. Like the, these school shootings are horrible, but I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to get a lot worse because now the people with these issues, they had a year to think about things, to think about ideas, watch crazy stuff on TV, like the ID channel. That's nothing but killing people. And you know what I mean? Just all the shit on TV. Is just Bill, Mar Bill Maher had a, a segment on this where it was just really clever. It was really good, yeah. Yeah, where he's just talking about how like, all we do is watch revenge porn, right? You like, you know, someone comes and kills Keanu Reeves's dog. And so he's like, oh, yeah. And he's just 
He kills half the city. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I know. It's, and, and I love John Wick. It's such a sick movie. It's a sick fucking movie. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. Speaking of unique, cool movies, John Wick is definitely that. But, you know, when, I don't know, when you're, when you're feeding a distressed mind, violence, violence, violence all day, every day, celebrating the violence, I mean, what do you expect to happen? It's not, and by the way, I don't think that that's that controversial, but people don't like hearing that. They don't like hearing it, no. Like, like no, I want, I want my obscene, over the top violence, and I want it right now. Yeah, and that's not new. No, but we're in a new, new type of world, and you know, things are different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I mean, that's all you could say. It, it's different now. Well, it used to be in the world, like if something really violent happened, it's probably because it was happening to you. Someone was coming and stealing something out of your yard, or they're beating you up on your way to school, or or to the mall, or to wherever. But nowadays, you know, a lot of the violence that we experience, it's not actually happening to us. It's happening to someone else. It's like watching the gladiators in the in the Coliseum. Like, okay, that guy got stabbed in the face. That didn't happen to me, so that's cool. You know, but um, I, I just think that the mass ability for people to experience horrible violence without any sort of negative repercussion, it gives us a false sense of what violence actually is. You've been in a fight, right? It, yeah. There's a difference between seeing a fight and actually getting punched in the face. It's, it's yeah, night and day. It's completely different. Yeah. No, I I agree with you 100. percent 100. percent And that that's that's the negative of all this, right? The positive but, is that we use all this technology in a good way and make things simpler and more peaceful. But well, we, we all that ain't happening. So here's something that's kind of scary, right? Because we all want to stop the school shootings. Like nobody wants these school shootings to be happening, right? We don't want them to be happening. So what if we used all of this data that's being collected via your TikToks of the world, all these social media algorithms, the cookies, the Googles, all these things, and we use that data to predict who the people are going to be, who the people that are going to perform these mass shootings are, and you shut them down before they can, or you... Well, that's what every detective Asian that I've talked to said, but instead they take that data to figure out how we can go green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not, that's not bullshit. Really. That's what they, they're, they're taking the data and putting it in stupid ass areas. Yeah. But you know, so, but here's the scary thing, right? Like but you, are right. Do you really that want, that would work. do you really want a government agency to say, no, we're taking away your second amendment, right? Because we've seen this pattern of, of search behavior that makes us believe that you sh you actually shouldn't have a gun. That would be that would be the dumbest thing they could possibly do because if they think that well, they probably do, but if they think that that's going to work, you just go to the guy on the corner of the street. What do you think he doesn't have like scraped off serial number guns? I mean, yeah. they're everywhere. It's not going to stop anything. You could take the Second Amendment all you want. People that want a gun are going to get a gun. Well, I, and that's what? your everyday people too. That you take that from them. That guy that never broke the law in his life. He's going to go to that guy on the corner. He's going right. to get a gun because he's going to protect himself. So even if they did do that, they're just going to make things worse and feed into street crime. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, the, the idea of, you know, we're going to create gun laws and then all the bad guys are just going to hand in their guns. That, <laughs> that just... that, that's like, let everybody come over the border. Here's a, a court date. And uh, make sure you show up, please. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. right. No, they're going to go and find whoever they know over here, and you'll never see them. Right. That's just like, like, what kind of mind thinks that somebody who crosses the border illegally, and you give them a court date, that they're actually going to show up knowing 
that they're probably going to get shipped the fuck back to go to come through the right way. Right. Who is going to show up for that court date? I'm not. If I get over, hell no. I'm not showing no. up. <laughs> no. So like, who comes up with the idea that that's going to work? They don't. They know it's not going to work. It's just a way to make you, not you, but the general public think, oh, well, they're going to show up for court. Yeah. You know? That's an unrealistic expectation, I think. <laughs> Crazy. One other thing about the metaverse. So the metaverse, and you got Apple. And Apple and Facebook had that whole court thing. First, it was about how much Apple was charging for their apps. So every time somebody bought, uh, downloaded the Facebook app, Apple takes a piece of the boost money. They take a piece of everything. Yeah. Anything that's done on Facebook on an Apple phone, Apple's taking a piece. Apple takes a big chunk. Yeah. 40%. Yeah. So they took them to court. Facebook lost. Okay. Lost. Buried. Then they tried to take them to court again about the tracking thing where it says, do you want us to track you? And Facebook said, well, the Apple's killing us because now we can't get data to know who I want to shoot ads to? What do I shoot to Mark if I can't track him? What do I shoot to Scott if I can't track him? Yeah. Tommy and so on. Then they tried to sue him on that. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with that. Apple won that. So now as this metaverse evolves and gets better and better and better and more purchased, they, they're going to have to have it in the Apple store, right? Some of them will be. I'm talking about the specific Zuckerberg. Do you think he'll pull it out of the Apple store, being that he's going to have to give them 40% of fucking everything. That's a hedge well, bet. Well, the, so the, the, so, okay. So meta right now does have two metaverses that are pretty well fleshed out. There's horizon venues, which is where I spent new years, right? Cause I had COVID <laughs> in horizon <laughs> venues. You can like sit courtside at basketball games. You can go to concerts. Yeah. Yeah. What's that through? It's uh, it's through the, um, you have to buy Meta's goggles, the Oculus Rift 2. It's like $300. It's very, very approachable. I thought they'd be more than that. 300 bucks. It's not bad. 300 bucks. And, and you could be at like floor seats? Your floor seats at like a, I think Celtics game. They have different basketball teams. Yeah. Really? Floor seats. Like you're sitting on the floor. You're, you're, you're watching the basketball players go, you know, go by. And, and like you're actually seeing not like virtual shit, like the no, real, real players. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Fuck. It's pretty this, freaking this cool. This is a dangerous thing, man. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Scott, think you can go back and watch a baseball hockey game with them glasses on and you're right there and see them play? Yeah, you're the nice. You're the umpire behind the behind the uh the catcher, right? You watch the ball coming in at 95. Wow. That's crazy, huh? See that that's where it fucking gets real scary. Sign when, me up. Yeah, I, I was just yeah. going to say <laughs> I was just going to say I'm looking into them. It's pretty it's it's pretty cool. You know, so Horizon Venues is one. It's like an event space. You know, you're in this metaverse, you're in these events. Um, and then the other one is Horizon Worlds, which is much more immersive. Like, you know, I have my house and I walk out of my house and I go to the dog store and I buy my virtual dog or I go to the art store to buy my virtual Oh, NFT. fuck all that. I just want the games. Well, you can build, you know, in there you can build games on top of it. So anyway, getting back to your, your question, like, you know, as of right now, you don't get these metaverse experiences through the Apple App Store. You get them through the goggles, through the, the Oculus Rift goggles. Oh, so you're not using Apple for anything. No. Through, oh, okay. Not, I, I thought you would have to go through the App Store. Right. No, it, it not, not as now. I think, you know, what the real battle is going to be, right, along those lines is who's going to have the hardware that everybody wants? Who's going to have that headset that's just 
unreal that really makes you feel like you're there that has these various you know special features um and i think that you know that that's going to be where all all those metaverses are played out right now there are metaverses that you can get through the app store or you can get by going to Google and downloading like the sandbox or Decentraland. Who do you think in, let's say three years from now, who do you think will be the top three in this metaverse? Because there's going to be more than there's going to be all the competitors. So, and I'm talking about big. So you have Facebook meta, right? Who else, who, who else do you think will be King? You think it'll be Apple, Samsung, Amazon, Elon comes out with something. What do you think? In the, vir- in the virtual world, I definitely think Apple, Apple and Meta, I think are the big, the big players. Um, trying to go through the recesses of my brain to see who's another big tech developer who's working on hardware. I could see it. You know, I think all those are, are safe guesses. They're safe options. My guess is there's maybe a hardware company that we haven't heard of yet that's going to develop some sort of like really revolutionary aspect. Um, so like, for example, maybe they really figure out eye to eye contact, you know, and they they just have something that you can't pass up. It could even be a company like Ray-Ban. Maybe Ray-Ban comes up with a glass, a glasses technology that is, it, it, they look like just nice sunglasses, but they also can implement digital imagery into it. It could be something like that. Well, I would assume the like a name brand, like a Cartier or a Ray-Ban, they almost might have to. I mean, I don't know if the high, high end would, but but like a Ray-Ban. A Ray-Ban might come out with a virtual glasses and merge with an Apple yeah. or a, because they're not going to have the software, and you know what I mean? Right. But they could come out with the hardware compatible to right. a Meta or an Apple. Do you think Apple will be the ultimate I know you're still using Samsung. I thought maybe yeah. by now you've changed. <laughs> no, I, what kind of I, computer are you using? Uh, I use a PC, baby. I'm a PC. You're fucking doing a podcast on a PC? Yeah, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I feel bad for you. I, I, know, I know you, Apple. I know the Apple user is going to send me lots of love. I know it. No, I know I'm it. Not, but hey, you know like, your shit, all the love, but you're, you're, you're crazy. Yeah. You're out of your damn mind. That's fair. The, the problem I have with Apple is that everything has to be different. Why does that have to be different? Why can't I just use the same charging cable that I use for everything else? It doesn't matter. It's night and day. With what you're doing, you would, you, you're, everything would be double if you were using Apple. There, there's no comparison. Maybe. Yeah, that's Scott fair. Scott used okay. Windows for 33 years. He's, he's just now, <laughs> he's got an Apple. He's working on it. <laughs> and I'm sure he hates it at the moment. Do you hate it right now? No, I don't hate it. Are you starting to like it? In a month. He, he's going to love it and take that Windows computer that he had and hit it with a baseball bat. Or no, I'm sorry, golf club. Scott, That's fair. He loves the golf. <laughs> when I pride myself on someone who's always accepting and excited about new technology and learning new things, the problem is I like, I know Windows so well and, you know, it's it's hard to make that change. It's it, tough. I'm not going to lie. It was for me, it you know, tough. yeah, Scott's going through it too. It's tough. Well, I've used Apple before and, you know, the Big Macs with... Uh, Pro Tools. Screen, yeah, yeah, Pro Tools and, and all that. All yeah. that stuff. But, you know, using a laptop, what are you doing on a laptop most of the time? You're not doing intricate stuff. Yeah, you're just searching shit, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And the keys are so different. Yeah. And, you know, com- there's no, you know, Command Z, you know, is erase. You know, Command V is paste. 
I think computers are going to look really different, though, in five years, ten years. I think they're going to look – again, I think that this world where you've got, like, little glasses or goggles that give you your perfect workspace, I think that's probably where things go. Like a matrix. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll go to Starbucks. Instead of seeing, you know, a dozen people on their computers, you're going to see a dozen people with goggles goggles on, and they're going to be in their perfect workspace. They're going to be, you know, we're either going to be having conversations with clients that are across the country – but they're still sitting at the same Starbucks together. I, I mean, I think that that's a no-brainer that that's going to happen. This world's going to look so fucked up. It's going to look I, really I just different. I can't imagine just walking into, you know, places and or, or even like when they walk into a gas station, you know, turn it off real quick to get a soda or something and then right back at her. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just really weird. It, it's, it's, it's weird. All the things that we've known over the course of humanity, are they're all just going to be very different. Now, Very different. now, Elon pulled out, right? But he's going to get fined a billion dollars for that. Is that done? Yeah. He, Twitter- well, it's not done. I mean, they're suing him. Twitter's suing him for pulling out. Right. But he did pull out because he said there, there's too much, there's too many bots. He felt they weren't disclosing, they weren't being transparent well, he, over the number of bots. Well, at, three days ago, he said 53% were bots. Oh, my. And he wasn't even done. And if you notice, he teamed up with Jack Dorsey pretty quick. That, yeah. I, I don't think Dorsey wanted it to be like that. You know, I've said that a hundred times, and I'll make it quick. I Seems think the, like he got squeezed out. I think the board squeezed him out. Yeah. I think he wanted it to be open, or I think he wanted like a censored Twitter, if you like that shit, and then another Twitter that's just all open and do whatever within reason. That's really what I think. And I think the board just crushed him. And then yeah. he took the blame. You know, everybody wanted to kill him and bury him, and I don't think he was the one. And what proves that to me is that when he le- when he did leave and then Elon stepped in, Elon went right to Jack Dorsey and they teamed up and they were working. And what I thought was Elon was going to buy it and have Dorsey run it Dorsey. the way he wanted to run it. Why else would Elon go with Dorsey, who was supposedly the guy that was shadow banning everybody, censoring everybody? Why would Elon go with that guy when Elon was going to buy it for the total exact opposite reason? Yeah. The only reason would be that Dorsey was with had the same mindset as Elon, but the board got him out of it. Can you think of any other reason why Elon, well, other than to get the source code? <laughs> yeah, why would Elon purchase Twitter? Well, to what? but he shook up the world. He, he shook up the world for sure. I, I don't know if, you know, to me it could be something as petty as, you know, I don't know, he played a, a game of golf with someone and they rubbed him the wrong way. She's so like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to freaking buy Twitter. I'm going to put it. I'm going to open. I'm going to gut it. I'm going to open it all up for everyone to see. And that, what do you think about that? You know, maybe it wasn't even like a, everything that Elon does seems like he's trying to change the world. Maybe it wasn't even about that. Maybe it's just high school drama. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think maybe he was never going to buy it. Maybe he never was. But he wanted to bring to light the shit that's going on. Yeah. And Or maybe he still does buy it. I mean, I know he's got a lot of money, but it's tied up. How much liquid does he really have? Not much. It's all tied up. Uh, I know he sold. He sold like some Twitter stock. There was this. There was this idea that he was, or um, he wanted to put all his eye, all the eyes on Twitter because he was selling off Tesla stock. But he didn't want his Tesla stock to dump. But he needed to sell it in order to buy Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that he. My guess is he still wants to buy Twitter, but he wants them to drop it down from their forty-four billion down to something that's more manageable maybe more in line um 
Because, look, if he doesn't, he gets fined a billion dollars from the SEC, and I'm pretty sure that that has some type of, uh, it's a bad word to use, but like a sanction on him for backing out of it. But he's countersuing them because they... Right, he's countersuing. So this could go on for fucking ever. Yeah. But do you think he'll eventually acquire it? Does your gut tell you? My gut tells me that Elon... Elon is going to own some major social media company. Do you it, think it will be Twitter? I don't think so. Not at this point. What do you think, Scott? You think we'll end up buying it? Uh, no. No? You think he'll walk away? Yeah. Yeah? I think a month okay. ago I would have said for sure he's going to buy it, but now I, I don't know. There's just too much nonsense going over there. I think he's probably going to back out of that. He's going to team up with another um, social media platform. Um, and then try to migrate people away from Twitter, just like you're seeing in the in the the states. People are migrating states to go to states where their, you know, their views are more in line. I think you're going to see that with social media too. I think you're going to see a sort like you know what makes Twitter that special. I don't know. Everybody's I, on it. I I never really liked. It. I never really liked it at all. Did you? I mean, I know a lot of people it was go fine. to I it. Do, I do like Twitter spaces now. I'm, What's that? I don't even know what that is. So you, are you familiar with Clubhouse? Uh, yeah, I know what Clubhouse so is. So Twitter, spa- Twitter spaces is Twitter's version of Clubhouse. It's an audio room where you're going to have one to eight hosts and then a bunch of people listening. It's kind of like a live radio show. You can bring people on stage to chat. Um, but Twitter spaces really has the NFT market locked in. Like if you want to be in on nfts you have you know twitter space is where you're at really yeah that hmm. that's where the conversations are happening or by listening to nfts made simple you could do that too but <laughs> that's uh that that's where the action happens so but you know that's really the only reason i'm there like i don't really get my news from twitter but a lot of people do i know a lot of people that go on twitter every morning like on the shitter instead of reading the newspaper they read twitter they get see what's news trending off. yeah that even even after they just realize that I remember Rogan said whenever Elon was threatening them with buying it, you know, they're going delete, delete, delete. Yeah. He gained like 300,000 followers. In that was day. weird. All kinds of people were like just, yeah. that were shadow banned, you know, that could have been something. Maybe they had a company that they were pushing and if they were right, if they were left, whatever the hell it is. They Katy Perry them. lost like 5 million followers or some obscene number of followers that just poof, gone. It was weird. It was weird really what happened. Weird. Maybe and then all of a sudden it came back. Right. You know, as, they're, as they're hitting that fucking delete button, fucking <laughs> shit's popping back. You know, like, yeah. But but you know the the effect and the 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 negative impact on progress. Who knows what kind of effect that could have? It could have been a genius that had a great idea, and they shadow banned him because he said something they didn't like, or she. Yeah. Well, that's the sec- that's that's what freedom of speech is about. It's about. Good ideas beat bad ideas. Um, and, you know, I think the more conversations that happen, the more that the better ideas we're going to have. That's right. Have you found anything better than Zoom yet? Tell me you have. Have you found anything to do a virtual interview better than Zoom oh, yeah. or Skype what? Yeah. So what I, what I used to record my shows is a program called Riverside, Riverside FM. Um, I recommend it to my clients also. It's a great platform. It's It's similar to Zoom. In the, in the way that it's structured, the kind of like a meeting, um, you know, side-by-side talking head style recording. Uh, but what I like about Riverside is it records locally on both both your computer and on your guest's computer. 
And then after the recording is done, the recordings are uploaded automatically to Riverside. Mm. Still sucks. So there's nothing where, there's nothing like, I can have this set up, set up like a Zoom type of thing. They're on the screen, plugged in in 4K or 1080p, not shit. Good sounding. There's nothing. Unless well, that other person would have a camera, I guess, and a microphone. I mean, the 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 video recording from Riverside is the the local recording gives that technology, in my experience, the best recording possibility. You can get the full 4K or the 1080 through a program like that because it's not the the problem with Zoom is it's it's recording in real time in in the cloud, you know. So if you have a latency issue or an internet issue, lag issue, it it distorts it. Um, but when it's being recorded locally through a program like Riverside, you don't get that distortion because the upload doesn't happen until afterwards. It's just recorded locally on each computer. So it, it gives a higher quality video. It's not perfect. Right, but you're using your webcam as your camera, right? I, I currently am, although I've got a DSLR camera that I'm in the process of rigging up, so I'm going to be using that instead to get a higher quality But then the video. problem would be you would have the higher quality, but your guest might not. Yeah, I mean, not you can't, you can't, yeah. you know, you can't control your guest. Yeah, I, I won't do it unless the person has a microphone and a camera and then they can send me the file. I yeah. won't do it. I won't do it. It's too shitty. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I love this setup where you can be in person. Thank you. It's a different vibe. It's so, it's, it's sick, dude. This is the way to do but, it. But I mean, there's a lot of people I could have talked to that via Zoom or, or right? whatever that I chose not to. Because I, I just think the quality shit. That's just my opinion. And that's a you fair... Know? And I don't disrespect anybody else who uses it. I just don't... You know, that's why I was hoping you had something good for me. <laughs> I thought he was going to have a, a new one for me that actually was good, but... Well, one thing you could do is you could, like, find recordings, you know, find recording studios that are local. Like, if you want to interview, I don't know, someone that's in New York City and they're like, I can't travel. Okay, we'll go to this address, to this recording studio. Well, that's what Fox and that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah, like, when you see somebody come on... They're, that's what they do. They uh, uh, John, plenty, a ton of people been here, been on all those Fox, NBC shit, and they all give them a an ad, like they have studios in every state. Yeah, you know all about that shit, right? And they they have specific studios in every state to send the guests to, and then they go there and they got the camera set up, the, the mic, like a good mic with the soundboard, with yeah. some tech that's doing it, the whole shit. So then the picture on the other end is almost as good as the picture on yeah the, you know like fox's end even though you know all the fucking money the fox is getting from that my pillow guy every two seconds with those <laughs> damn commercials love to know what he's doing illegal but whatever <laughs> he's doing with all those and all that money they're getting they can't get a because even they're delayed sometimes sure you know like, sure. Dude, go frank it a canon 4k G60, Vixia G65, you assholes. But it doesn't matter anyway because you say, so what do you think about the world today? 30 seconds. Right, right. <laughs> Go. And the guy's like, um, well, up, hard break, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, got to. Well, that's why corporate media is dying <laughs> because they just. Such bullshit. It's, uh, yeah. How are you flesh out any conversation in, in less than a minute? Yeah, bro, just they ask the most complicated, complex that that the person needs to be able to explain it, right? right? For the person who's watching to get the point and the principle of the answer. But you can't do that with these fucking questions these people ask in three minutes. Yeah. I mean, and on, on all of them, on all of them. And, and what's all, crazy to me is- They're these, all in cahoots. These channels, yeah, all these channels, all Fox, crazy. CNN, they're all the same. 
They're selling the same garbage. To this, the, and then they're, they're shocked when people are like, we don't trust you. <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't trust yeah. us? <laughs> and, then, and then you notice and you think, okay, well, CNN's left. You know, Fox is right. MSCS, NBC, I guess they're left, right? MSNBC, yeah. I yeah. do watch their business. They got good business shows, but whatever. But then you look and they're all doing the same thing. Do you see any of them go to Ukraine very often anymore? No. no, they're just yeah, they're whatever the flavor of the minute is. Yeah, I, uh, I I think they're all in cahoots, all of them, all. Of them. Our news, oh, they're de- yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They're you know, all because, getting paid. You know, you can't. You think that? You think they're all paid? You you could say, uh, play the fifth, <laughs> fifth. <Okay. laughs> but I mean, you got to be cra- like you know the best thing for CNN was Trump is because mu- that's just someone they can yeah. they can hate. You know, so this is an interesting thing too, right? You know. As a country, we have no, we don't really have any like common enemy, you know. And I'm not saying that you have to have an enemy, but you know, one thing that galvanizes people together is a common goal, a common enemy, a challenge to overcome. Um, and so, you know, CNN has Fox; they're the challenge they need to overcome. We need to beat down Trump. We need, you know, so you, you have to have the yin with the yang, so to speak. So, to your point. They're hundred percent all in all in cahoots. All these big, but they still have the yang and the yang because you got Lemon. He's all he's left as can be, and then you got Hannity. I can't even find him. He's so right. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, got to give it to him. He's been around. I think he's been the longest broadcaster. He just got that award, but he is. But they can't. They, I mean, it, he's like so right. I mean, so right. And they can't. They, I don't even like think nice they. Guy, but, I don't think they can speak their own minds for the most part. You're very limited in what you can say. I, that's why I think that podcasting is so special. Yeah. It really is. It it's, really is. You know, you speak your own mind. You're not, you know, you're you're not paid off. You 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 speak what you want. And and I do want to just touch on the point you made about the recording and the quality of the video. Um, I think that audio and video quality are certainly important to a podcast. But I think you could still have a a wildly successful podcast that really helps you achieve your goals without spending thousands of dollars or having a huge home studio. You know, a lot of the clients that I work with, they're just people that are working from home they're trying to build their book of business they're trying to make more sales and using podcasts as a way to do that using would you, would you say that 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 statement's based on the general the general of what they're doing i don't i don't see how anybody could go far using a, anything like zoom at doing interviews on zoom i don't think they can go very far well, well, it depends what your goal is, right? If your goal is to, you know, get hundreds of thousands of downloads each episode and to sell, you know, five, six ticket sponsorship ads, probably not. You need to, you need to have your equipment tight, right? But you know, if you go in it from the it this it this way, you know, um, I'm trying to build my business and I'm looking for an innovative way to get on the phone with with the right people. Right. I've tried all the DM campaigns where I send lots of links and DMing to all these people. But, you know, instead of doing that mass media, that mass promotion, the mass advertisement style, you have a podcast. Okay. And you invite guests on to your podcast that are actually your perfect client. They're actually your perfect client. Right. So it's a good point. You know, go ahead, Scott. I have been in the media for 40 years. I love quality, the best quality you can get. But I think the average viewer or listener 
doesn't care so much about the quality. As long as they could see it and hear it, they're more interested in the content. So I don't really think they're into 4K or whatever. If they could see a, a decent picture and hear a decent quality audio, that's all they need. They're yeah. not looking for, you know, super high-tech stuff. Right, and and I agree with his point. It, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to have four or five sponsors, this, that, the other, then you would want to do something like this. But if your goal is clients, things like that. Direct sales. Direct sales, yeah, sure, 100%. You, you know, I, I think, yeah, that, that's... But you can also, in and I really like Scott's point too, that, you know, you don't want the audio and video to be a distraction. Right. You know, you want the content to be the the purpose. Yeah. The, 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 great point. But the, the average viewer does have like an expectation of like, you know, the video is not going to be completely grainy or you're not going to look shadowed out with like terrible lighting, you know, but you don't need to have like an awesome sick setup like this to have a show that really moves the needle for you, you know, that really leads to more sales, more business, more networking. And I'm extremely biased against uh, anything like that because I had uh, uh, Hoffa's, Jimmy Hoffa's driver on who was laying in bed at 81 and that Zoom kept messing with me yeah. the entire time. I had to cut things for, uh, it was terrible because it would lag. Yeah. Lag, 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 lag. But it, it was such an interesting thing to talk to Jimmy Hoffa's driver. I mean, it was, yeah, the, the stories. It was crazy, I and mean, this guy's eighty-one and could remember things like he knew what khakis were. He was like, I, I pulled up to pick him up, and he said, "Go home. You got five minutes. You don't pick me up unless you got khakis on." You know, this guy's eighty-one in bed with his wife, <laughs> and it, you know, he's probably not watching, won't watch this. But if he does, thank you for taking the time. The guy's eighty-one, and sure. boy, does he have an elephant memory. Sure. And uh, wow, just thinking about how smart that dude was. Going through all that and then 81 and he could rehearse shit like crazy. You got to watch that, man. You'll, you'll fall over. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Zoom, the yeah, Zoom is definitely not perfect. But, but. I, I can see what you're saying and I that would work perfect for that to me. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Well, because you're, 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 you know, you're bringing on a perfect mm -hmm. client or someone that has access to the perfect client, right? But by making a big, a good relationship with that person, it leads to business. You know, so determining, you know, what's my... Uh, average lifetime value of a client, you know, it, it, for some people I work with, you know, landing one client is 10, 20 grand. Oh yeah. No, the way you do it, who cares? I, I mean, like in a atmosphere like this, where you're talking your two, three hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's rough on, on a zoom thing. I agree. And I, and I just, not that they can't be successful like that. I just don't see, you know, big, big shit you know, sponsor-wise, contract-wise coming out of it. But, what? Do, I mean, I don't know. No, most of the big podcasts are this type of format, in person, in some sort of studio, home studio, office studio. Um, but like you said, what the cool thing is, you can just start out with a couple hundred bucks and do a podcast, and that yeah. can grow into something massive, you know, over time. Yeah. And that's what you help people do. That's you know? right. And you did, a, you did change your uh, site quite a bit. Uh, can you pull up uh, tab three? Or, I think that's his website. Or four. No, it's tab four. Now, when you go, you update your site all the time? I wouldn't say all the time, but I, you know. Like how often do you do ad stuff to it or add content? To the website itself, I would say every couple months. But what, what I'm doing, Tommy, is like across the board, everything that I'm doing, you know, the podcast, the YouTube channel, 
the website, you know, everything is always evolving and getting better. And I'm, I'm always working towards making it more clear what I do. Yeah. I think that's really important. If you explain to someone what you do and they're, and they, you know, and they're like, what? It's, it, you got a problem. You lost them. It needs to be super clear. And uh, so I'm always looking to make things more clear. And I'm always looking to reduce friction, less clicks. How can I turn those three clicks into one click? Smart. You know, um, it was funny. I was at this networking event um, by Meta. I don't know if I told you about nah. this. Um, but yeah, so I'm part of the Meta Small Business Leaders Network. And annually, thank you. Thank you. It's pretty cool. Annually, they have this meetup. This year was in D.C., and they they flew us up. They paid for the hotel, food, all the transportation. Super cool. Um, but at at this at this event, you're networking with a lot of people, and you need to be able to tell someone needs to see you and know what you do like immediately. There can't be any delay. Um, and so what I was doing is I was telling people I run a podcast launch and production agency. Pretty straightforward. Mark launches and, and runs podcasts, right? Um, and then someone was like, well, why don't you make it different? Why don't you say, well, like, I'm in the business of magnifying voices through the magic of audio and stuff. I'm like, that sounds super <laughs> clever. But someone's going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> just fucking clickbait. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> right? I mean, it'll be like, what? Clarity. Yeah, like you said, simple. All right. So this is your podcast that you have, too. And <clears throat> this, this is what really uh, hit me. So how are you doing your podcast now? Well, so this so take is, me through the website or right. through the podcast site. So this is something that's that's new for me too. This is a mastermind community that I've been building up. It started in January, um, and so the podcast savant community is for podcasters who are looking for looking basically to grow their podcast and looking for support on the on the back end. So now, if I go to like, uh, there's my AirPods popping up. That's cool. Um, so like, if I go to Choose Plan, click on uh, Choose Plan. Now, what does that, what is all this? So it, it, at the bottom here, you'll see there, there's two plans, but you basically for 50, basically for $50 a month, you're going to be able to get on video calls with myself and other podcasters. Uh, we're meeting about two to four times a month. And then on top of that, you know, I have curriculum, I have exercises that you can do because what I've found, Tommy, is that podcasting is not just, there's a learning curve to it. You know, people want like to have that viral episode or want to have a big podcast right away. But there's a progression. You, you, you know, you don't just walk into the gym and lift the 300 pounds. You have to work towards that. So. So I would start with the first plan, right? That Like if I'm just starting or I kind of have a little something or I have an idea, I would go with the first plan and then go to the second or yeah. I could just go to the second and get them both. Like, is there stages you, well, either of these plans would would work, but um, for instance, let me word it a different way. If I'm into podcasting, this looks interesting. I see Mark, man, it seems like he kind of knows his shit. Now, for a beginner, would you recommend they go with the twenty four ninety nine a month plan and then go to the the fifty a month, or can a beginner go right to the fifty? Yeah, so. I, let me give you a little bit more context, sure. right? I run a podcast launch and production agency. Most clients that I work with are paying me thousands of dollars to produce the show. The problem is that there's a lot of people out there that want to have a podcast. They can't afford $1,000, $2,000 a month for production. They just can't, right? Um, so I had I was having a lot of conversations with 
uh, potential clients who are like, Mark, I love what you do. I'd love to be a part of it. I'd love to learn from you. You've got five years of experience. I want to get that knowledge from you. I just can't afford to pay $1,000 for consulting sessions and things like that. So I developed this as a way that you can still get access to me. You can still learn. You can still grow your your skill set. You can still grow your podcast. You can still generate income from your show. 50 bucks a month is super accessible. Super accessible. And, you know, I don't want to get to the minor differences between 25 to $50 a month. There's There's minor differences. But the real goal of this is to say, you know, Join, let's be part of the journey, okay? We'll work on your show and you're going to get better after every every session. And there there were a couple reasons I set it up this way. A, I don't know if you've recognized this. You've spoken to some really impressive people. Thank you. I don't know if you've asked this question, but most of these people you talk to have probably been part of masterminds. They're probably part of small groups of five to 10 people who work to help build each other up. Yeah, they, they all have teams. Every one of them has yeah. teams, no, no matter if, no matter what it is. All, all these successful, very successful. I mean, guys are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. <clears throat> they all got there with a team. Yeah, they, but probably not just a team, but probably like, you know, how did they say it? The, the, uh, it, 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 the one guy Noah had said it the best way. He he built a team that he could trust and knew that could handle the workload so that he didn't have to. So he was yeah. overlooking everything, but he built a team where he could live his life, have family time, you know, shit like that, but have a team that he knows if he wants to go to Croatia tomorrow, he's got 10 guys that maybe not as good as him, but good enough yeah. to, to hold the weight. Well, then that's, that's a big part of what the production side is. When, when I talk about a mastermind though, right, it's like, you know, D Dave Ramsey, for example, huge financial guru, right? Yeah. He he was part, before he became the Dave Ramsey we know, he was part of this mastermind community with 10 other men, right? And while they're trying, because there's so many different things you need to figure out when you're building a business, or, or in this case, a podcast. You know, you got to learn, you know, guest acquisition and the balance sheets and taxes and titles and attorneys and, oh, who's the person I know that has access to this person, you know? Um, and so that's a big part of what masterminds are about. So I wanted to kind of develop that, you know, um, was a B I knew that by bringing people into my mastermind community, I could get more, more access to my listener. I could get a better idea of what they want. What are their problems? Getting feedback is really important. The more feedback you get, the better your, your show will be. Right. Um, and then C it also allows me to get the first dollar from someone. Because in the online world, the first dollar you get is the hardest. And so if I can bring someone in for 25 a month, it makes it really easy for me to offer them a better product in the future that might work out. And also prove yourself, right? Exactly. That's the whole thing. <clears throat> now, for the person that comes and spends two, three, five grand, what are they getting? So right now, um, I'm doing podcast launches for 2,500 bucks. So if you have an idea, You've got this concept, you want to put it on iTunes, we do that in six weeks. You get your show, your show art, copyright free, we edit it, uh, we produce four episodes, we set up your RSS feed. Within six weeks, your idea is being spread to the masses all around the world, 2,500 bucks. So, pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, and then on the back end, we do monthly production. Most clients are around 1,000 bucks a month, and we produce your high quality audio, 
episodes. We give you clips, video clips, promotional assets, uh, custom art for each episode. Um, and, and those watching, trust me, you're going to spend 2500 on that either way a month. Easily. <laughs> so, easily. I mean, you're spending that either way. Yeah. So you might as well do it to, with somebody who knows how to do it. Yeah. And I think that's a big part, too, you know, because what I think a lot of people do starting off, what I did is I tried to cobble together different pieces with different people. It's a it's a lot of work to do that. So, you know, what you get when you work with an agency is we have all the systems you just need to record, fill out a five minute worksheet, and then everything else happens. And then it frees you up to focus on what you really want to focus on, developing the relationships with your guests. Create more, more more creation, everything right. else. Yeah, that's very cool. And then go to uh, the tab right before it that says home, Mark Savant. That's the homepage. Now take me through the homepage because it looks all different to me. So you got my podcast, podcast services, pricing, free tips, testimonials. So take me through the categories at the top. Sure. Well, and honestly, all this is probably going to look different the next time we sit down. <laughs> it's <laughs> good. Just, it's how we do good. it, baby. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the about is about me. Uh, it's about what got me started. Um, you know, it just a number of things and something that we had mentioned too, which we haven't talked about uh, in this is, is having kids like having a, having my daughter just completely changed my viewpoint on the world so that was a big reason why there's, i got started there's your mini me yeah that's that's the little guy that's uh that's so, my so then my, i can request a consultation and then you yep. answer it and then go from there right yeah request a conversation we hop on a call and then you know we get your show we get your show rolling quick and easy and with every you know the other thing every client it gets easier it gets smoother it's faster um there's more 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 process set up uh, the podcast page. I, I run three podcasts now, and you know I need to get that updated with all of them. Well, you got a lot going on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, ah, your paycheck is a drug. It's drug. It's time for rehab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucking good. You think of that yourself? Yeah, I did. I did. I give you an A plus on that one. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, well, you know that's what the After Hours Entrepreneur is about. It's about you know if you're living a lifestyle where you hate Mondays and you just live for Fridays. You're broken, it's broken. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta do something. You gotta get, you know, you gotta get to rehab, and that's what the After Hours Entrepreneur. <laughs> that's is a about. great name, man. So. Go back up to the top of, that, of his webpage, and then uh, podcast services. That's basically what we went through, right? Yeah, podcast services and pricing that breaks down. You know what, how we launch shows, what those steps look like, um, getting, you know, getting better all the time, and it's really worth it because it, it's really a bitch. It really is. It's it's a lot of work. And so what, you know, what I'm really working on now is merging the services side where we produce the whole show for you, but we also give you access to the training at the same time. Not because I want to give you a second job, but there's things that you need to do as a host that you need to learn. You need to learn how to ask a better question. You need to learn how to use silence. You need to learn how to talk into a mic correctly you need to learn you know what do i do after the interview to make sure that i can um you know get my goal so i i what i'm doing now is implementing a um and differentiating myself by you get the mastermind of like-minded podcasters business-minded podcasters along with the production and merging those together i think will give the best result and that's very smart because you could give all the tools in the world but do they know how to use the tool right 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 
Okay, so then go back up, Scott, to the very top. And then you have pricing, uh, and then you got free tips. Get free tips, testimonials, you know, basically saying that you're not full of shit. <laughs> yep, and I've got hundreds of episodes that help too. That's the other value of having a podcast. You have hundreds of episodes of a podcast. You, you, you've built, you've built, you built a reputation. You're not just showing up on TikTok with, you know, a, a bunch of quick followers. So it's come along a long way just from the last time you're here. And I'm sure it will be all changed up when you come back again. Yeah. I have some notes to send to my web editor. Yeah. There's all, there's always something, baby. Always, always something. something, man. Yeah. Now, when you saw all this uh, UFO shit, did you think it was actually UFOs? All of a sudden, there's UFOs. <laughs> there's, uh, there's always UFOs. I um, I mean the ones that these guys were flying around and shit in. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know. I think uh, I think in general humans, we, we see what we kind of want to see. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, again, when I had the nuke guy in, I played it for him. And he fucking just broke it down and destroyed it. So we're playing, and he goes, listen to them. He goes, they never call base. They're just talking to each other in the cockpit. Now, if you see an object that goes 30,000 feet to the ocean, yeah. drops 30,000 feet in one second, you're not going to call, like, who is it when you call when you're in an airplane? Base? Tra traffic control. I <laughs> yeah, you're not going to call traffic control. You just saw a thing you never saw, and it dropped 30,000 feet in a second, and they're like, Oh, it just dropped. I would tweet. I would tweet that out so fast. But they're just talking in the cockpit. Cockpit, yeah. and then you watch another one, and it's a woman. Oh, that looks like a lifesaver. Just talking in the cockpit. Yeah. Watch another one. Oh, did you see that? Wow, that that's really fast. It looks like an M and M. Now, if you see that, are you, are you going to just talk to your buddy in the cockpit, and not call back to traffic? You never seen shit like that before. You don't know what the, that could have a missile on it. I would think. Okay. I would think you would you would report that. And then yeah. there's no excitement. Because he, he was breaking down as a spy, like how you break yeah. down the mind, right? And then you're listening to him, and there's no excitement. The the girl actually says, that looks like a lifesaver, like a white lifesaver. Now you're seeing this thing go crazy, defying gravity. I don't think it's, I, I mean, I don't think these, I, I don't think it's that far-fetched, because I think that, you know, by using holograms and light, you could move objects around, I think, and manipulate them in, in a way like that, right? Bro, it's fucking military, and the question is, yeah. whose is it? Well, that's... That's the question. That is and because these were seen over, yeah. I think, uh, the the Pacific Ocean, right? Yeah, is it? yeah they were all all on like the West Coast. They all were by our military bases, which would make you maybe think that it's ours. Yeah. But if it's say China's, when you want to go over a military base and see what the fuck is over there, or when you're at about a time of war, this is what he said. What do you do? Yeah. You show a little something. Hey, fuckers, look what I got. So I heard about this weapon. Speaking about <laughs> weapons, I heard about this weapon that can call down lightning bolts wherever you want with using lasers. So you you basically you tag someone with a laser, and it creates this like energy, I guess. Yeah, like an yeah. like an invisible energy up to the heavens, which will drop down a lightning bolt on someone's on someone's head. Like how crazy is that? You that know? That's probably a remote control that hits a satellite that the satellite then shoots down lightning yeah. you know, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, so, and then he was like, the best way to deflect is, Hey, they're UFOs. Yeah. When have you ever heard them talk about UFOs? All of a sudden now they're going to tell the American people, Oh, those are UFOs out of nowhere. So in my opinion and CIA guys opinion, more than one, 
It's military, and the question is, whose is it? And if it's not ours, <laughs> that's extremely scary. I mean, yeah, I don't know who else it would be other than than China. I mean, I mean, who else could it be? Who else could? It, who else would be that advanced to have that technology? You got China. Uh, I mean, I can't think of anyone. Saudis. You, you think know, they got that kind of technology to do that? Got of lots shit? of money. They got lots of money. It doesn't seem like a Russian thing. No, to I, me. It, no, it would have to be China. It would have to be. And talking about time of war, like you said, whenever you're about at the time of war, you show a little something of what I got. Yeah. So our biggest threat right now is China. Gosh, I, I would. It would make me so sad if a if a war broke out with China. That well, would be such you know, a sad thing. The thing is, when you're worried about dumb shit like <clears throat> going green, this, that, the other, and you're not even, you know building your military you're, you're taking money from the military you're taking money from the police you know all kinds of shit yeah. like that i mean it's just a, a a path down destruction while other countries like china who have more patience than i don't know a cat or whatever animal is very patient you know what I mean? yeah. they have them well that's one of the that's i think one of the that's one of the challenges with the way that american our american republic is designed where you have a new leader coming in every four to eight years, it's hard to have like a really long-term plan. You know, I guess that's what the Senate is for. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard to execute a long plan. That's that's one of the competitive advantages that they have. You can have a dictator in, in charge for 50 years. Well, look at Putin. He's been in there, I think he took a two-year break, and he's been in since 90. Yeah. It's 30, 28 years straight with a two-year break that he was – Probably calling the shots just went and I don't know, probably got laid or something. He was, yeah. he, he was riding bears with his shirt off back then. <laughs> you ever see that picture, Scott? I gotta show it to you. And, he, and I thought it was fake. It's not fake. This guy's riding bears. <laughs> and, and oh, he's stupid. He's yeah. a different kind of dude. Yeah. He's, a different he's kind riding of... a bear. And and you think that, uh, you know, he's got brain cancer. I mean, come on. No, that's a flex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> riding come bears. On. Get the hell out of here. Yo, I was watching this thing. It was, it was so crazy. So, you know, talking about the nukes and shit, back in the 50s, Scott might remember that when they did the atomic bomb, right, they put, they didn't know what it did. So they would put all the soldiers underground and wait for the thing to go off. And then the job was they had to run to it, run to the atomic bomb that went off. Well, they didn't realize at the time, like all the radiation and all the shit that, do you ever see this? No. I didn't think, pull up tab six. Is this the Manhattan Project you're talking about? No, or? no, it, it's it's in the 50s and it was when they developed the atomic bomb, they knew that it worked. So now they wanted to train the soldiers if another country had one as well, what they would do. And the job was to run at it. Yeah, that's a sucky job, Look, look bro. at this shit. That is not, a job I would want. Now they're they're coming down. Nineteen fifty one you know. to nineteen fifty seven. It's just crazy. Multiple tests. Nineteen fifty one, but the Adam Rock attempt to prepare. The bomb had already been dropped. New kind of war. In in four in forty five, right? It's on the ground. Well, maybe maybe they were doing the testing after one dropped, and now we were testing. Yeah. Camera crews captured troops piling into trenches just a few thousand yards yeah. from ground zero. Oh my gosh. Look, it says these atomic bomb tests were used USA troops as guinea pigs. They don't even they don't know what they're about to get into. They're still no, hell no. They're probably some kids fresh out of high school. Doesn't know what the hell they're doing. The yeah. Of radiation poisoning. See, they didn't know what the radiation did. For thousands of troops, 
The desert rock detonations are the ultimate leap of faith. Stationed in trenches right out of World War I, waiting for hours in the Nevada sun for the inevitable countdown to Armageddon. <laughs> That's so crazy. The stage is set for I'll the desert watch. rock atomic test in Nevada. Look at all this shit. He's like, hey guys, uh, this is gonna blow up. <laughs> Run toward it. <laughs> what? Look, they're they're hiding down. Look at this shit, Mike. If you're listening to this, boom, there went the atomic bomb. And you got a bunch of shoulder soldiers hiding in a ditch. Oh yeah, they're, they're poking their head. Oh my god. Yeah, they're poking their heads up, and the atomic bomb is now up. And they're like, we really gotta run at this shit. God. So gnarly. And they're getting hammered with stones and all kind. And now, now they're up. Training films. What are they gonna do? Shoot it? Like this. <laughs> Prepare troops for both the military tactics and emotional. Look at them. They're running toward the motherfucker. On an atomic battlefield. Wow. The biggest value of the operation is for us to prove to ourselves that it can be done, and find any weak points in the training. Even as the effects of radiation become a subject of concern and study, it would still be years before its full impact is understood. Oh, that's good, Scott. But as, how crazy is that? I mean... But, I mean, they didn't know back then, you know? Yeah. But, oof, they, they, knew. <laughs> they knew. They knew they didn't, <laughs> they knew they didn't want to be on the battlefield running toward yeah, that A-bomb. I guarantee you that guy with those stripes, he's at home. Oh, yeah. He's getting the radioed in. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's not fucking there hanging out. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it's just it just it just it is just crazy to me. You know the what we've done, what we've done to talk about the military, what we've done to talk about the police. Like it's it is such an unbelievably difficult job. I I know you know when I was growing up, I I wanted to be a police officer. I was like I want to be a cop. I'm like cop is a good guy. They're the supermen, right? They my parents were just like really against being a police officer. They really didn't want me to go down that road. And now I get it because you're working a job. You don't get paid a lot. You're, you're dealing with some of the most difficult people in society and you're being scrutinized for every single thing that you freaking do. It's yeah, just, it's it, a lose, lose situation. It's terrible. And you know, a lot of these, a lot of these things that happen and they blame cops, you know, what do you expect? I mean, what do you expect them to do sometimes if they run in, if they run up on somebody and maybe they're wrong, they're going to go to jail. They're going to get charged. Maybe they're not wrong and they get sued and now their family has to go through all that. Maybe they don't even get sued. They're just all over the media. Like, look what this guy did. And then well, it's crazy. You know, There's it, clips where the, 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 yeah. the, the guy in the car, like grabs the cop's gun, gets shot for his trouble. And then what's the result? Well, we just got to burn down city hall because obviously it's just a bunch of crazy racists. It's, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, you, it, it's again, another example of how, you know, you can completely lose credibility, you know, because now you, you've got the boy who cried wolf. Mm -hmm. You keep crying wolf when expected things happen. But then, you know, when when something really awful does happen, nobody believes you Yeah, because you've been you've been crying wolf. Who in the right mind would defund the police? Like, like you like it just not, doesn't make any sense. I remember my friend, he became a cop 2000. Uh, 19 he went through the whole thing he started $35,000 in like Atlantic City yeah it's not like Atlantic City is not a $35,000 a year job to be a cop that you want to be right and it's fucking a shithole down there now it's nothing like it used to be 
Yeah. Have you been to AC anytime recently? No. Oh God. It's. I mean, there's parts that are still, you know, but parts around it, whatever. North Philly. You know, you're gonna pay a cop thirty five grand to go into North Philly. You're not. If you're white, you're not coming out of there. Yeah. I mean, that's not being racist. That's fact. Yeah. When I was there, they would get a call to North Philly. You know, I knew them. They were cool. Cops are cool. Not all of them. Are, there's like one dick out of a million, you know? Well, that's the other problem, too. If you defund the police, the good police officers aren't going to want to do that job anymore. Hell no. Because it's one thing to de- it's one thing to be a police officer. You took the job. Hey, you decided to be a police officer. Your job is to walk into that line of fire. But yeah. then when you start taking money from them, then it's like, well, now you don't value me. So then it's like, you don't value me? And then you want me to walk in there and I might not make it out and might not make it home to my family. I don't know what's in there just because I got a call. There's a domestic dispute. You would think, all right, they're arguing and yelling too loud. You don't know. You don't know if that husband or wife has a gun. Now you're taking money from me away. Yeah, this is the job I want to do, but it barely even puts food on the table. Now you want me to go risk my life. And if I lose it, are you going to take care of my family on 30,000 a year? No, no, you're not. You're not going to take care of my family. You're going to give them a flat sum and say, bye-bye, sorry. Yeah, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of of way humans work. That's bad. You know, you, you don't just remove all the police and, and then just think everything's going to go good. I just, it's just so- Well, well wait so wait until one of those ones that voted for that, defunding the police, and make that call, and no one comes. Yeah. That, that's when it might yeah. change. It might go a little bit- the other direction yeah like brett but kavanaugh think, he I was think, at dinner and he got ran out of dinner oh and i know that's crazy it's crazy what's what they did to him was fucked up i whether he was left or right what they did to that man I, that's that's wrong yeah i mean they're hmm. there, there, there's a there's a problem it's up bad. there too you know yeah. agree or dis it's just like can we get to a place where we people can agree to disagree on stuff like and then talk it out talk it out that's yeah all it is you know just yeah. agree to disagree Put it aside, talk it out, and things will be so much better. Yeah, we need more shows like this out there so that more conversations can happen. Exactly. Yeah. So, where do you see yourself next next year in July twenty three? Where do you where do you what's your goal? July twenty three. Where do you want to be, and what's the goal? Yeah, July twenty three. So, other than to come back here, I mean, one of the cool things that's happening now is I'm I'm leaving the day job in august so two weeks done done with the day job been doing that for a decade good for you going all in on on podcasting baby good job man yeah man good job congratulations thank you thank you it's uh you worked hard i did i did i i don't want to toot my own horn but you did and you're very consistent if you want to have an above average life you have to give above average effort i think you know um, and I had a, I actually had a long talk with my wife about that. You know, she was saying, you're trying to spend so much time doing this and that. And I said, listen, this is where we, you know, what do you want? And I laid it out for like that. Do you want to, where do you want to live? What do you want to drive? Do you, what do you want to be doing? And all of her goals were above average goals. They're not, you know, they're not nine to five goals. Exactly. I said, unless you really hit big and we just reverse engineer and said, how are we going to get there? And and then so she kind of understood from that point. So, um, yeah, going going just all in on podcast production and launching, uh, and on the podcast mastermind. Those two together are just proving to be really productive. Um, by this time next year, I'd like to have twenty clients all on autopilot, all their shows being produced. I think that'd be a like I'd be in a really good place. I think uh, with with that. Um, well, you made it this far. You got a good shot. Yeah. 
stick to it, keep grinding, and you'll get there. Yeah, man. Great team, good people. I mean, who would have thought five years ago you'd be walking away from that job? I mean, you that, might have had that goal in your mind, yeah. but to actually act on it, and here you are. Yeah, I mean, shout out to all the side hustlers, after hours entrepreneurs, because it's it's very difficult to change that. To go from employee to employer is is more difficult, I think, than anyone understands. Which is one of the reasons I have just tremendous respect for anyone that built their own business um, or is building their own business. It's uh, you don't understand it till you're until you're doing it. You, you you never turn it off. It's always on. Um, you get sense of purpose, and also to switch lanes. That's a, that's yeah. a difficult thing to do because you're so used to something else, but you want to do another thing. You know, to get over that lane switch. Yeah, that's got to be a big deal with what you're doing too. Yeah, no, it's t it's because they have to believe in them. Otherwise, it will yeah. never work. They can't be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. have you know, not done that job. Maybe I shouldn't be putting this much time into this because I have this to do. You know, well, they, I think they have that's, to believe in it. that's one of the, the, the things I think that is important to accept when you go into trying to build a side hustle into a real profitable business is that, you know, a 10, 10 out of my 10 out of 11 ideas aren't going to work probably. So I need to be willing to put in the hustle to find the right lane. Um, but B, you know, the, there's so many people out there are trying to sell you you can get rich quick. You can win quick. Buy this NFT. Take this course. Get into my webinar. But in in my experience, like it takes a long time to actually build something. Um, and a lot of people are sold a false bill of goods, and they think that if I just take this course, then I will make it. If I just get this guest, then I will make it. But that's not really how it works. It's it's the small wins day after day after day that build up momentum. It builds up an unstoppable momentum. And but, with momentum, you get traction. And with traction and momentum, with consistency, you get success. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the first dollar is really tough to make. Then $5, it becomes much easier. And then 10 is easier. Then 100 you know, that first dollar is really tough to make. But once you make that first dollar, then it starts to open up all these other. And even that dollar, you start to see, wow, I made a dollar for something I did. Even if yeah. you made like, you know, 100 something thousand a year, whatever. You're doing something you like. So that dollar is important. Yes. Because it gives you that confidence, right? Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. With what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think anyone can afford, I mean, we're in a really interesting time in history. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, it's, I think that there's so many people that are so comfortable doing what they've always done and, and thinking that things won't change, but everything is changing so rapidly now. I, I refused to be the 55 year old who lost my, corporate job to a 20 year old because I didn't understand the new technology. And I knew that I know I could see, I can already see that's where things are going. You hand an iPad to a 60 year old, they're going to fumble around. You had an iPad to my five year old. They're going <laughs> to, they're going to have the whole damn thing unlocked. Yeah. You know, they're going to be building things. Um, and so I, I just think now is a really important in time to be building that online presence, to be building your skill set, to be building some sort of side income, some sort of after hours entrepreneur type of income. Almost like a backup. Yeah. Right? A, do a door opener, a backup. What do I do if I lose my job or if I say the wrong thing or if my industry ends up getting replaced by AI or robots or computers? You know, um, we're moving into 
an uneconomic time where it's 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 not where did you go to school it's what can you actually do for me yeah you're right it is and who do you know and who do you know networking everything seems to come down to networking yeah anybody who made it big 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 networking 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 network that's all i hear that the guys have made it big 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 time it's all about the network yeah you know well i mean you've definitely come a long way since the last time I saw you, man. So that goal of yours in 23, I don't see it not happening. Yeah, me neither. But I will definitely have you back before then because I wouldn't know what the fuck Web 4 is and <laughs> whatever the hell. What's the next one, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of new stuff coming out, bro. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. You got to keep me up to date because I get lost. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm lost in the wind. <laughs> uh, well, it was super sick seeing you at PodFest and here. Yeah, oh, back congratulations again. on speaking there and everything else. Man. Yeah, it was Big. fun. You're growing. You're growing fast. Yeah. Well deserved. Well, I appreciate that, brother. You too. And if you haven't yet, you better, you better, we're watching you. You better hit that five stars on Spotify. That Not- makes a difference. How much, how much to hire you? <laughs> <laughs> you just check out uh, marksmontmedia.com. We got a price. Make sure page. you check that out. And uh, wrap off every website they can go to so they can check out, which will be in the description as well. Yeah, baby. You can find me anywhere at Mark Savant Media. And I will sp- spell his name right this time. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark, <laughs> Mark Savant Media. You can find me everywhere. Or you can just come down here to South Florida and chill with us. You can do that. And you got IG. Mark Savant Media, Media. Twitter, Mark Savant Media, LinkedIn, Mark Savant Media. What's the podcast website? MarkSavantMedia.com. Oh, that's the podcast one? No, the other one that we went to. Go to Podcast Savant. Yeah, so you can can get at that. You're referring to my mastermind, which is a little bit trickier. It's not, not but that's podcast-savant.mn. You just go to MarkSavantMedia.com. And it'll be right there. there. Yep, and it'll all be in the description, linked up. And uh, thank you for your time, man. Always a pleasure. And uh, hope to see you in a couple months. Definitely before Christmas. Yeah, baby. Because I got to know what the hell is going on. You got to, because I, some of these guys come in and I'm like, shit, where's Mark? Yeah, we got to talk about all the new tech, you, you all and, the new. You and Chris uh, podcast, you guys keep me up to date on this nutty <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. You, brother. Awesome. And congratulations on all the success. Thank you.